0: From shooting hoops to the Super Bowl. We like sports so we, we don't, don't care who knows. Blood ball, blood ball.
1: Blood ball. Without further ado, it's another episode of the NLN Sportscast. I am your co-host Frank Conti and Bronson Allman and I are back with another round of sound here and it's been a couple of weeks we took off for the Thanksgiving holiday so it's been a, a two-week gap for us. Uh, we have a, a lot of ground to cover tonight. We have... Two weeks worth of NFL action, and then to get ready for uh, for this coming weekend's games. Um, we're going to touch upon some uh, MLB offseason news, a lot of free agent signings that hot stove period that Bronson loves, um, and of course I love a lot of new 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 faces and new places. So it's going to really shake up the league this year. Uh, some some teams going for it, and we're going to talk some NHL and some Penguins, and talk about our Pit Panther. So lot to cover and as always we'll have a final thought which uh, is a as is a fan favorite too so bronson i'll bring you in uh how was your how was your holiday break there do you get a lot of turkey and uh <laughs> all, all the all the trimmings and all that and enjoy all it? the and, oh they
0: say all the fixings all yeah, the enjoy
1: yeah. enjoy some family time i know i did oh, so. yeah. was
0: yours my mom uh go
1: ahead frank what do you say no i was just gonna say i had a good one uh had a couple different thanksgivings uh you know friends giving and a couple different family ones so i kind of got uh the full the full experience i was just seeing how yours went
0: yeah i had a, a friends giving myself and then um on on thursdays my mom works my, my mom's schedule it's hard for her to get thanksgiving uh, out on thursday so i went to my uh you know my friend's family which is like family to me they, they pretty much are my family and then the weekend my mom and i usually reconvene and have like, a little mini thanksgiving with us and stuff just so we have leftovers around the house yeah uh, but no uh yeah but yeah you know let's let's say frank all all the all the trimmings all the fixings but no Mm -hmm. um yeah i'm glad you had a good time and yeah frank and obviously uh with with uh with frank being married you always have like the double thanksgiving like you can't you can't eat too much at one space and then you have to go to another so you gotta make sure you you, you satisfy both families uh i didn't have that pressure obviously still being a single man of my age so you can just go all in all in on on the one on the one turkey and then uh with no uh no repercussions there frank but uh no it's good it's good to get back in in here and talk to you and uh i think everyone knew we weren't gonna have a show last week due to thanksgiving we hope all of you had a wonderful thanksgiving and hope you're having a wonderful uh holiday season as we approach uh the big one christmas coming up
1: not too long
0: yeah Yeah, before, before we know it and uh you know so frank and i getting back together here for this as you said the round of sound i mean i know i don't know how popular we are uh globally but I do know we probably have reach of Bob Pompey andy Frank. He's probably gonna try to tax you for that for saying that. But uh... I know I thought about that when <laughs> I said it. Uh... <laughs> Old Pomp daddy's gonna get you on that one. No, but it's all good. No, Frank, it's cool. Just been hanging out, watching some ball, uh, watching some hockey. Um, I've been watching a little more wrestling lately, uh, probably because I had a little more of the free time and uh, did a little bit of a little bit of gaming. I us done, Frank, before we start recording. That I. Uh, played nhl 18 again because all these recent ones have stunk although i I did buy the the new nhl on black friday frank because of the kraken but um i made my own kraken in the the 2018 version and went back in time and acted like they came in the same time vegas did so Mm. uh, so my team's pretty solid on there and it's cool to play that franchise mode there's nhl games up until i'd say probably like you said around like 17 or 18 were were really good games and lately after that it's just been like you know paying for the roster updates and me and you, we don't we don't need that. We'll we'll do our own roster updates. So
1: definitely,
0: uh, no. But no, it's good, Frank, and it's good to get back in here with you. And um, without any further ado, I feel like we should kind of uh, anything else. I feel like we need with the need to hit. Um, also, um, before we we get started, um, next week um, is December 9th, Thursday. Usually, we are on Thursday. That is uh, the birthday of yours truly, and that's when <laughs> Frank actually Frank think picked that day out. Um, we're going to try to give uh, a go of the live uh, uh, Facebook or like, you know, I don't know if it's Facebook or we'll do something live. We're going to do a live reaction episode of the podcast because uh, next Thursday, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers will play, they'll play the Minnesota Vikings. Um, so uh, we're going to do like a live stream kind of show. So if you're uh, watching the game and uh, I don't know, we'll we'll, we'll keep uh, keep you posted on social media. So follow the uh, NLN Sportscast uh, page on Twitter on facebook if you follow us on facebook we'll, we'll give you an update on where you're gonna find that probably on the page um yeah if not frank and i were just kind of kind of kicking out the bits here before we recorded we're looking forward to it hopefully maybe we can try to do like a peyton eli kind of thing where we get some of our friends in on here and comment mm-hmm. on some stuff so um yeah uh, but no we we kind of picked it up off of, we admitting we're copying a little bit off of the peyton eli uh, monday night football thing how fun that's always to watch it
2: i'm just
1: waiting for bronson's photoshop of our faces on manning bodies and oh, I wrote, you, you some good me. artwork I thinking about that
0: we're too much alike so like he knows to 80, what the frank
1: cast is it the bronson cast how do we call it like what we, we don't have the same <laughs> last name like them so the we, tank you know, cast We'll call it the tank cast <laughs>
0: No, and I th- I think I would have to have my face on Peyton's body because he's got a bigger head than Eli, and I have a larger head, so I think it has to be on that one. But no, uh, we're gonna try to make it work, and so uh stay with it, stay with us on that. We're gonna try to see if we can get that going, and as Frank said, give his uh his better half a little bit of a break. Enough you know, having to put our show together and whatnot. But speaking of ball, Frank, there was a lot of ball played over the last couple of weeks. Like you said, it's been a couple of weeks since we've been with you, so um I'm gonna let Frank do the recaps. Um, Even though I am talking and I do sound uh, somewhat clear, although I'm only hearing only half of what I'm saying here, I I am dealing with a little scratchy throat and a little bit of a voice issue here. So Frank's going to recap. Even though that is uh, holding me back, you know I don't like to be quiet. So I will be chiming in here and there. So um, Frank is going to recap the last couple weeks of Ball kind of more do a little bit of a drive-by figure out what what happened what shocked us uh i know thanksgiving day frank there was a, a couple really good games that night so mm. afternoon started actually started in the afternoon um but uh no frank uh, catch everyone up and then after that we, we do that we'll uh, we'll um i guess approach the the elephant and the big black and gold elephant in the room <laughs> after that. um so without further ado i do uh present to you my my esteemed co-host mr frank
1: Thanks, Bronson. Yeah, good to hear you had a good uh, good holiday and watched a lot of sports. I know I did too, so there's a lot to pack into this episode. But yeah, I'll jump in right, right away to uh, the week eleven of the NFL. And you know, since we have so many games to cover, I'm just gonna I told Bronson I'm probably just gonna jump in on some of the bigger results, some of the maybe the the upsets that took place uh, the last couple of weeks and talk about the standings and where it left everybody after week eleven and week twelve. Um, Thursday night game and I don't remember if we were recording this night, but Patriots Falcons um, was the Thursday night game a couple weeks ago, and the Patriots another strong showing, a shutout win on the road in Atlanta, twenty-five nothing. Mac Jones and company putting it together there. Kendrick Bourne, uh, a free agent pickup at wide receiver, really some developing some some chemistry with Mac Jones. You know the Patriots doing it with a bunch of no names again and check ball, and they're just they're they're, they're relevant again. So. Uh, They're on the rise. I think they've won five or six straight now, and they've kind of vaulted over the kind of a struggling Buffalo Bills team, which is shocking into first place in that AFC East. Um, Those Bills that week did shockingly get blown out at home by the Colts, who are a team trying to stay alive in the AFC South and AFC wildcard hunt. Carson Carson Wentz is healthy. Um, They are kind of a... Win one, lose one, win one, lose one team this year, but they showed up in Buffalo and, you know, 41 15 blowout. That one shocked a lot of people. They had Buffalo winning that one, you know, by double digits, but they lost by um, almost 30. One I was watching closely, Bronson was rooting against the Ravens, was Ravens uh, Bears. Uh, The Bears really had them on the ropes. I think there was about a minute or two left. Bears were up and uh, they kind of let the Ravens do one final drive to beat them. So, that one could have helped Pittsburgh's AFC North standings. Um, Detroit, after tying the Steelers, um, you know, s- stayed in the AFC North part of their schedule and went into Cleveland, and they almost got win number one for uh, for Dan, was it Dan Campbell, the coach there? Um, this poor guy still hasn't got to still hasn't got to celebrate win number one. They're now o ten and one. They lost thirteen to ten. They were so close. They had a second half lead. I think over Cleveland um, Packers and Vikings was one of the games of the week. Uh, it was back and forth. Lots of ties, lots of lead changes. The Vikings, I think had the ball last Bronson and took out Rogers and company. Um, so that really shakes up the NFC North. The Packers were threatening to run away with it. Um, and the Vikings now are kind of in that conversation. Uh, Dolphins took care of business against the jets and Tua and company have won three in a row. So look out for them. Um, I made a, a bold prediction to I think a couple people who I was with. Um, I haven't said it on this show, but I had a bold prediction that the Dolphins may make the playoffs. Um, after starting two and seven, um, they're getting hot. If you can get to like eight or nine wins, you might have a, a shot. Um, probably you got to get to nine or 10 wins. Um, but that extra wild card still in play. So the Dolphins are, I think, going to make a run with it. And I know Bronson and I are both Brian Flores fans. Um and, and we want to see them do well. We like to us. So good on the dolphins for getting hot. Um, Eagles took care of business against the saints. The saints have been an up and down team with quarterback issues and injuries this year. Um, kind of a shocker. Cam Newton's Panthers, you know, I'm back. Well, he's back on the bench because they kind of stunk against the football team and he got benched. And I think he, uh, last couple of weeks, he has not been great. So, uh, Cam Newton that might be a, a short little Honeymoon we'll see if that if he's uh, Earned that 10 million that they gave Him kind of shockingly uh, when he was on The couch um, but they've They've gone back to struggling I think they've lost Two straight now um, Bengals Raiders was a big game Bronson with wild card implications And division implications uh, In Vegas and I really thought the Raiders Would kind of roll here but the, the, the Bengals have been tough this year and they win by three Touchdowns so um, kind of a shocker there that they won by that that much on the road. The Raiders, we just don't know what they are. What's their identity. They're again, like the colts, they they just don't seem to have any consistency. Um, Chiefs Cowboys that we had talked about it, we I think we we said it was going to be the game of the week. It was Buck and Aikman and um uh, Fox at four thirty. And um, <laughs> Michael Irvin actually predicted that it would set an nfl scoring record uh he predicted like 55 45 or something um but it ended up being 19-9 uh kind of a a a clunker a a defensive struggle uh field goal kind of game and the chiefs you know kind of it was never really in doubt they were up by you know by double digits until pretty much the end and um both high powered offenses really didn't perform. So the Chiefs get that big win and they, you know, don't look now but the Chiefs have kind of figured it out. Um, as they toiled around, you know, th- you know, 2 and 3, 3 and 4, 4 and 4, you know, 5 and 4. They're, they've won four straight now and they're at 7 and 4. So they might be the Chiefs that that we uh, all came to know and love. So um, Seattle and Arizona was another big one. So Week 11 had a lot of good division games, a lot of good playoff Um, you know, implication games. Uh, Cardinals go up to Seattle and and they win pretty easy, 23-13. Lots of question marks for Russ and company up there in Seattle, Brunson, as they sit at three and eight. Um, The trade rumors are are swirling again about them getting rid of Russ. Um, If I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm signing up. (laughs) I'm saying we're a player for that. So probably a conversation down the road if those rumors heat up. Uh, Russell Wilson out in Seattle would be very interesting. He would have a, a long list, I think, of suitors. Um, and the Monday night game was was Buccaneers and Giants. No, no surprise there. The Bucks take care of business. Um, I was kind of going to save Steelers for our Steelers segment, so I won't go over that score. But uh, Bronson, week eleven, um, I'll let you jump in. Any of those that I mentioned. Uh, ca- catch your eye. Did you watch any on Red Zone? Do you remember? No, I watched Jeez. a bunch this
0: weekend. I didn't, I didn't think I'd remember because we're, you know, we're going mm-hmm. back two weeks. Do you really remember? But I do remember. And I remember last episode telling you, telling the audience, and telling you, Frank, that, that Colts-Bills game was going to be a really good game. Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Colts put, laid a smack down on the Bills. Not much there uh, on that game. Frank, um, that Ravens-Bears game went down to the wire there and um, at Soldier Field. And lost in the headlines there was, um, due to COVID reasons, Lamar Jackson wasn't able to play that game. Uh, Tyler Huntley came in as the backup quarterback for the Ravens. And, um, you know, it was it was an ugly game. You know, it was Dickie V, the it's a, it's a, it's ugly baby with a capital U. And, but uh, the Ravens found a way to pull that one out. Lions and Browns was a stink fest. That was another game that no one really wanted to win. But the Browns found a way to pull that one out. <laughs> the Texans beat the Titans was the one we didn't we didn't cover Frank and obviously what would you but uh, uh, my buddy Ed uh, notable Titans fan uh, went went down to Nissan Stadium and uh, unfortunately had to see his beloved Titans take a Ouch. take a take a loss there to the Texans yeah I forgot
1: to mention that one that's I uh, that was I skipped it because I wanted to do it at the end because it was the upset of the week what was it what, one and eight against eight yeah. and one or it's, it's one of the biggest upsets to Ron
0: Taylor a- baby did it go yes. To th- the Vikings-Packers game was a fun one because I was watching uh, NFL um, Total Access in the morning, and uh, everyone had the picks, and everyone across the board went went Packers except Rich Eisen. He was—they the, called the—you know—if well, only one guy makes the pick, they call him the lone wolf. Yeah. the you know, the lone wolf. He, Rich Eisen was calling himself the lone skull, and it turns out Richie Rich was the guy who pulled the pick out as the as the Vikings mm-hmm. uh, the Vikings uh, pulled it out against the Packers. Good, good recap of the Dolphins Jets. Frank too is starting to turn around there. The Saints are starting to come back down to earth now with Trevor, the Trevor Simeon combo, with Taysom Hill. Um, what the the football team, as we taught we call them, uh, uh, putting the, putting them hurting on the Panthers there but the by the, uh, six point win there. Um, and yeah, like I said Cam did, definitely didn't show the the superhuman uh, ability he showed the week before. Um, the Bengals Raiders game was a key one, Frank. This is kind of a trending of, of both teams. The Raiders, um, kind of trending down now after having the hot opening start of the season and the Bengals trending up. And, uh, as you find out in the next recaps that Frank's going to do, it's going to get even better for the Bengals. Um, yeah, the Chiefs slay the smackdown of the Cowboys. Um, that was, uh, that was a game of, of multiple turnovers for both teams there, Frank. I just think the Chiefs were the last ones to kind of be there. And obviously going to Arrowhead and beating Kansas City is a tough task. So before I really bury the Cowboys, I mean, that's that's a tough task. No matter how good the Chiefs are, Frank, going into that stadium, that environment, and pulling out a win, um, it's a big one there. And uh, Dallas was not up to the task, unfortunately. And that would not be the end of Dallas's miseries, teasing the lead on Frank's uh, next uh, recaps coming up here in a minute. But, of course, um, okay, whatever, Buccaneers beat the Giants. Let's just skip that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go to the game that the people wanted to talk about. The Arizona Cardinals go in to Seattle. They they face the 12s. They face the Seahawks. And uh, the Cardinals, in uh, in pretty good fashion, they get the W. And uh, one of the big reasons why I was a big fan of this win, I think Frank knows where I'm going with this. Was your boy. <laughs> your boy. Pew, pew. Colt McCoy. <laughs> coming in this game. He'd, he'd played the week before, too. But he comes in. And beats the Seattle Seahawks. And a shout out to Frank and I's good friend Chris Bond, who I uh who I taunted uh, this past week. Because if you remember, Colt McCoy filled in for the Giants last year, went into Seattle and beat the Seahawks. So uh Colt McCoy is the Seattle Seahawks official kryptonite. They cannot beat him no matter what helmet he wears. Uh, so I, I, did, we, I, to tease uh, a Chris on Facebook, and I had to tag. Who said he's
1: it. been a listener? He checks in from time to time. I, I, yeah. I saw. I he saw made him. a
0: listener this. <laughs> yeah, I saw
1: him a couple weeks back. It was good to catch up with Chris. Yeah, he's doing well. A good dude,
0: I love talking to Chris. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, Cole McCoy, another thorn of the Seattle Seahawks side, except he's wearing a different helmet this year, the Cardinals, and um, and I, w- I want to talk about the Cardinals later, Frank. Um, probably when we, we cover Pitt, we're gonna um we didn't go over the pre-show and um run down of what we're gonna uh w- but i do think there's a couple things we need to talk about as it pertains to college football Frank kind of figure figures out what i'm gonna talk about but um uh, cardinals might have a little something to do with that maybe their head coach so um i'm gonna save that lead for later and that's all i had to say about this game big win for colt mccoy in the arizona cardinals and um and the, yeah, that Colts Bills game was not the game I thought it would be. But we transitioned into Week Twelve. We'll save that that Week Eleven Steeler recap for just a little bit. Um, but uh, the Bears and the Lions did lead off this. Uh, Frank, we had some we had three big games on Turkey Day. So uh, I'll leave you there, Frank, to pick up uh, pick up the drop there and then keep it going.
1: No, good job, tying a bow there on uh, Week Eleven, Bronson. But uh, yeah, Week Twelve, we'll move right into it. Three three Thanksgiving games. So normally we would get the one Thursday nighter. Um, but this week featured the three Thanksgiving games, and a lot of you may not know, about four or five years ago, maybe even longer, uh, the NFL started doing a third, a nightcap, uh, a, a game for NBC to have, um, in addition to the Lions and Cowboys being the, the main attractions every year. So um, this year, yeah, the Lions had the twelve thirty slot. This one was the Fox game. Um which, you know, Aikman and Bach had to do a Lions Bears game, which is you typically don't hear them to uh, kind of doing a, a clunker uh, like Lions Bears. But this one was hopefully you were uh, based in the turkey and getting the sides ready because this game wasn't really much to to entertain you with uh, back and forth game. Low scoring. Lions had a shot to win it. Um, I kind of in my little Yahoo pool. I picked the Lions and they, they bit me again. I picked them to beat the Eagles I picked them to beat the Bears. Um, what am I doing picking a winless team? I don't know, but I thought for sure at home against kind of a Underwhelming you know, Bears team uh, that they, they might finally get off the schneid on Thanksgiving national TV what have you but um, It took a late Bears field goal. The Lions kind of got their hearts broken again, but the Bears do do uh, get the W against uh, Detroit on Thanksgiving day doesn't really keep the bears alive uh, right now. They're four and seven. Um, a lot would have to happen. They'd probably have to win out their finals or go five and one, their final six of so the bears, I think are destined for uh, a top 10 draft pick and more of a rebuild. But uh, the middle game was, was I was intrigued by this one and I was looking forward to it. Uh, Raiders Cowboys, Classic old matchup, kind of from the seventies, um, in in Big D in Jerryville. Um, all signs would point to the Cowboys winning. You, you know, you had mentioned the Raiders have kind of been uh, skidding lately. Um, Dallas has kind of, you know, been dynamic offensively this year, um, kind of seemingly trying to run away with that nfc east we used to call it the nfc least but dallas is kind of flexing their muscles this year and we had a over 500 team in that in that division most of the year but uh the raiders kind of stunned everybody and they win it in overtime so this one you know obviously could have went either way i thought dallas might win by a touchdown or you know four to seven points i thought dallas would would win this but um but no uh, the the vegas raiders are in it all game it comes down to ot a lot of craziness late you know ties lead changes people going for two um situations like that uh there might have been a safety in this game i can't remember but um yeah just a, a kind of kind of a wild one to make up for the earlier dud uh this one was the cbs the nance romo game um so yeah, they had a halftime show. Um, Luke Combs performed like it felt like kind of a Super Bowl atmosphere. An alter ego. <laughs> oh uh, no,
0: you—you not—not to take not this off the off the rails for just a second. <laughs> you don't know how many times people come up to me and tell me I look like Luke Combs. <laughs> when I went down, when I went down to Georgia, I I didn't know who Luke Combs was. Frank, until I went down to Georgia. My friend Justin got married and went down there for a bachelor getaway, <laughs> and I had at least ten or twelve. Women come up to me and say oh, combs. Like, and I did karaoke down there, which I like to do a lot of karaoke. <laughs> I'm not local because I get nervous if it's yeah. people I don't know if yeah, yeah. Uh, uh some girl lately came up to me and asked if I knew a Luke Combs song because it looked like Luke Combs. So funny. he seems like a good dude. I've never met him. Obviously he's a star. <laughs> I've only heard a few of his songs, but um and no, I'm not gonna learn any Luke Combs songs. Maybe <laughs> eventually, but yeah, I it would call me alter ego because people say I look
1: a lot like him. That's funny. <laughs> Maybe we need to pull up some Luke Combs for our uh, outro tonight <laughs> if we don't get copyright infringement. But
0: um, no, he seems like a cool dude. And he likes NASCAR. So that, that doesn't nice. hurt either. And his wife is a uh, smoke show. I'm saying <laughs> I'm not, not going to get you in any trouble. For him, but, <laughs> no yeah, I mean, good for him. Good for Luke Combs. I hope, I hope I hope I end up with a wife as great as she is. So <laughs> there you go.
1: Well, continue. Yeah, so that, get the train back on the rails. <laughs> so that game felt like kind of a. I was like they really like extended halftime had a concert and everything and they're trying to really do up the thanksgiving thing um and yeah then the, the nightcap was intriguing too and probably felt more intriguing as they you know maybe they even thought drew Brees might be in this game i don't re- remember when the schedule came out but um you know super bowl contenders bills and saints in new orleans um it ended up being a dud too bronson uh, the bills kind of you know, after a, a a shameful performance getting blown out at home against the, the Colts that we talked about in week 11, they they rebound to to do something not many teams do, even on a bad year for the Saints, uh, go into the Superdome and, and kind of blow out the Saints uh, at home, uh, 31-6. So the Bills defense really stepped it up. Uh, so that was a Thanksgiving slate, leaving only a handful of games for the weekend. Um The one o'clock slate, uh, really good one, Bucks and Colts, Bronson. I watched a lot of this on Red Zone. Same. Um, Same. The ending was thrilling because a a couple lead changes towards the end. You know, Brady would lead them down, then Wentz would lead them down. Um, It came down to who had the ball last. Buccaneers um, took the lead late on a huge Fournette, like 30 yard run. Um, I almost kind of thought Fournette should have like fell down and ran more clock, you know, that whole debate, but he gets in. Um, You know takes the points when he can get them But then the really exciting play was the final kickoff It was almost returned for a touchdown um, With like 10 seconds left I kept saying I, I looked like an idiot because I was like Touchback touchback don't waste time Don't bring it out you're just wasting time. And then I'm like, never mind. Cause he like he, he almost broke it. He got to like the opponent, he he got to the uh, the Buccaneers twenty-five. It's one
0: of those things where you come in the end zone that situation, you better break it. <laughs> right.
1: <a> <laughs> he got to the we all know from in Madden, like if you're playing Madden, take the touchback, take the time. But um Didn't John Montgomery
0: like, do that. He did it with the Packers. Isn't that the same situation? He fumbled it though.
1: Ah, uh, <laughs> so they get yeah. it to the 25 and have like So I think they had like seven seconds and one timeout. So everybody's like, okay, one throw over the middle to like the 10 timeout, then one play to tie it up. Um, But it didn't work out. I think they had a couple throws and didn't didn't come to fruition. But, boy, that was exciting. You almost think he had to score on the on the kick return. Um, He gave them a shot, but. It would have been nice if he could have broke it all the way and scored. So the the darn Buccaneer Brady and the Bucks. I just I kind of root for them to lose every week. I want them to come back down to earth. They kind of did middle part of the year. Um, a lot of people had them going, uh, s- uh, what sixteen and one, 15 and two. But they they've kind of they've they've now won two straight to get back to eight and three. But uh, Buccaneers might be looking at like a thirteen and four. Uh, mark, not anything in this in the stratosphere, like the 16 and one mark. But um, yeah, that game that game was great. We had. Let me get back to week 12 here. Uh, we had Panthers, Dolphins. This is this is the one where Cam got benched. Um, he didn't play well against the Washington football team in week 11, but uh, down in Miami, they just got boat raced by our, you know, our Dolphins that we think are resurging. <laughs> Well it's wow. funny
0: you 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 got that mixed up with Cam because yeah he didn't play well the week before and I'm sure they had to take a big big hit to his ego to lose to the, the, the former ball coach Ron Rivera Riverboat Ron and Yeah know,
1: of course and after doing the whole unback back thing like oh you better better back that up
0: <laughs> yeah and then he was yeah Frank he was not good he, you know it's funny he started out great in this game and you were like oh god here we go and then next thing you know it just like I don't know it was like he went completely to the opposite side, and then maybe it's a credit to the Dolphins' defense and also to to how well they've been playing, you know. And we haven't been hearing as much of that whole uh, uh, getting Tua out of uh, Miami thing because actually yeah. he's been playing really good lately.
1: Yeah, that's all. All kind of been quieted. If somebody, I, I saw Facebook post a stat where Tua um, in his last sixteen games, um, so that would be like kind of a full season um, spread over the last two um the numbers look great the qbr you know the touchdown to interception so like everybody needs to pump the brakes on him i know like you are i not. said
0: frank remember i ran a couple of weeks ago yeah calm calm, calm your jets and like i said my friend john young deserves a lot of credit for because he told me he said he's honestly everyone just needs to relax with Tua. he goes this guy was still recovering from hip surgery you know a couple years you know those are those are tough situations it a was a major injury.
1: injury yeah they said he may never play again so that was not yeah. a but he no, said, I'm glad. Give that him is- a
0: couple years. Let the hip get back. Get get in the form. He said he is. I I think you'll we'll see a better to it. And we're starting to see a little bit of it right now. Honestly.
1: Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Cam Cam gets benched in that game. I think he was five for twenty one <laughs> with two picks. Um, PJ Walker, a guy we've talked about, an XFL guy uh, that's kind of gotten a chance from getting a quick look at that uh, before the pandemic shut down that F- XFL season. Um, got a chance with Carolina. He, he's taking most of the snaps now, so. But I think they probably plan on starting him next week. Um, Titans Patriots, the next one on the list. Uh, this was supposed to be game of the week material. Eight and three Titans, seven and four Pats. In Foxborough. Um, Vrabel, of course, versus Belichick, the former disciple. Um, but it was all Pats. It was never in question. 36-13. <laughs> That brings the pass to 8-4, and four. and in first place, uh, winners of six straight.
0: Tennessee is uh,
1: not – they're trending ten- either
0: way, of Frankie. Tennessee it, trending the, the Derek Derrick Henry's yeah. injury is starting to get to him now.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's their backbone, and that took the wind out of their sails for sure. Um, now you, it's uh, so much pressure on Tannehill, and Tannehill's a guy that get big money, um, a guy that I think is kind of more of a game manager. Um, I don't think he can is – a, is a quarterback that that is going to light the world on fire, and now especially that uh, without – Derrick Henry, and you can make Hill beat you. Um, we're seeing that they just this, got rid of Peterson too, Frank. So Peterson. yeah, that was a short that was a short lived little tenure. So it's just looking they did have a backup break a big run in this game, but it was you know didn't really help the outcome. Um, so no, it's number forty. I forget his name, but uh, that yeah this team kind of hit the kind of started to derail after that news. Um, Brad Dupree also Forest Dealer is out again with an injury, which has kind of plagued him his whole career. So. Um. Yeah, so that one was all Patriots. We had the, the rivalry game in the NFC East Eagles Giants. I looked in on this on on red zone. It was low scoring Giants uh, come out on top 13 seven Jalen hurts. You know, despite seven points, I thought he looked good. Um. Uh, he almost led them to a game winning drive. They got to the other side of the 50, Um. but I uh, had to try a couple hair Hail Marys and uh, couldn't connect. So Eagles fall. And uh, you know this is a team that's such a hot button team, the Eagles. Um, You know, a couple years removed from winning it all, uh, they sit at five and seven. Of course, they're they're never happy there. They're zero and two in the division. Um, They do have a plus thirty one point differential. A lot of that comes in from the uh, Lions blowout. Um, But uh, yeah, at five and seven, the Eagles um, they only sit two and a half back of Dallas. That's Dallas has now come back to earth. I think they still have one or two left with the Cowboys. So still a chance to control your own destiny if you're the eagles if you like i said with the bears if you win out or win five of your last six um you have a shot so you never know when a team can get hot bronson um uh, the eagles could be that team as as jalen Hurts starts to um mature um other week 12 action you saw the falcons and jaguars that one no, no real interest there falcons win it in jacksonville um so still urban meyer and trevor lawrence and company struggling uh, at two and nine. Um, so not a great year for them, which was expected. Uh, another another horrible game with Jets and Texans. <laughs> um the Jets got a win, um, which which I know you like. You kind of have a soft spot for the Jets, but um I do. Know, But they 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 win in Houston, you know, which that game I'm sure this did. was
0: uh this was uh um Zach Wilson's return game.
1: Okay, so he was back. Did he look yeah. good? Did he yeah. looked healthy.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, looked pretty solid overall. I mean, and I think a lot of people thought that maybe this was a uh, maybe a better. Uh, this is a chance for the Texans to kind of sneak back into the the, the the fray of things, but um, they resorted back to the way we thought they were, and yeah, the Jets go down to uh, NRG Stadium and defeat the Texans.
1: Then another big one out west: um, Chargers and Broncos, and the Broncos. And I mentioned this with the Colts and the Raiders, um, who kind of who are the Broncos this year? You just you, <laughs> you can't get a read on them. They go win loss win loss.
0: They blow they, play, they blew out Dallas in Dallas, right?
1: <laughs> right. And so they've been win loss win loss win a big road game, lose a big home game. Um, they 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 show up in this one and they they really handle Herbert and the Chargers. Um, and, Chargers and,
0: coming fresh off of that that win the week before it's so far against, against Pitt,
1: right? So <laughs> the Broncos, that AFC West, everybody's over five hundred and everybody's within a game. The Chiefs, <laughs> the Chiefs are seven and four. Chargers, Broncos, Raiders, all six and five. So that one is going to be so fun as we hit the stretch run. Um, another division of all over five hundred or, or better teams is the AFC North because the Ravens lead at the Bengals. Browns and Steelers with that tie um, every team is 500 or better there um, so that's those are two great divisions right now that are going to come down to the wire um, game of the week might have been Rams Packers um, this was your four o'clock Fox Buck, yeah. A- uh Buck Aikman game Um the rams bronson are oh and three since acquiring obj and von miller So what's going on? They they just they went all in they were buyers at the trade deadline Like you see a baseball team or hockey team do you never see it in football, but the rams do it And they have not found cohesion yet. Um, Um a lot of a lot of time. They're still sitting In a good spot um because of their hot start um at, at seven and four in a wild card spot, but they might uh, be they're looking up at the Cardinals at nine and two. Um, a lot of people handed the NFC West to the Rams. I know I did. they my Super Bowl pick. Um, I hope the Rams and Bills, my my Super Bowl pick can still figure that figure it out this year, but uh, they they lose thirty six, twenty eight. They kind of tried to hang around in that game, but the Packers were too much. Um, and then the Niners took care of the Vikings, another team that you just, you have hope for, you think they're turning a corner and yes, it was a tough game going to Sam Fran, but boy, I would have liked to see the Vikings, you know, kind of stack some wins together and put pressure on green Bay, but especially uh, coming
0: off that win against green Bay.
1: So now it's essentially a four get right. It's a, it's essentially a four game lead with six to play. The Packers could be a, a an early clincher, um, with a win this week and a Viking loss, I, I believe that might clinch the <laughs> NFC North um, with six games to with five games to play. So um, that could be the first the first division to clinch. Um, and then finally, um, we had the nightcap was nice. Browns Ravens. This is one that I was rooting for the Browns because the Ravens are uh, the Steelers are trying to catch the Ravens, but also they're trying to catch the Browns too. So. Either either result was going to help Pittsburgh. Um, And it was it was close. This game was a one score game the whole way. But the Ravens uh, have enough at the end to win 1610, despite four Lamar Jackson picks, Bronson. Um, That was shocking that they still won with uh, with him having four picks. He he again was dominant. He was running all over the place. He he was doing it with his legs. So.
0: Travis Baru, my friend, you know him. You know Travis yeah. too. Um, he when Joe Flacco were, played there. he used to call He still does called Joe Flacco, Jump Ball Joe. And I think maybe maybe we still like a bunch of bitter Steeler fans saying that. But he's saying he was like Jump Ball Joe. All you would do is always throw deep balls. That yeah. would either a get a catch, or b draw a pass interference call.
1: That's why like it was called a jump ball. I mean, it's a philosophy. Joe. I I say four downs. Don't even punt. Throw four Hail Marys and see if you get a catcher, a penalty out of the four tries. I yeah. think somebody, somebody could upset the NFL by doing that.
0: <laughs> and so that's where you get the nickname Jump Ball Joe from Travis Brew. And then Mark Madden said this week, too, where he finally said that he's not impressed with Lamar Jackson. He said that Lamar Jackson basically just runs around until something opens up. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, I, 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 and he's I one mean,
1: big yeah. hit away. I mean, as much scrambling he, as he does... Um, and he's been able to be so elusive that he hasn't taken that hit like RG three did. But uh he is one huge hit away from you know, a season ending injury or debilitating but, injury. You but worry I will, about I
0: that. will go double's advocate, to people who do say that. You know, he just all he does is just run around in circles and run until something opens up. A lot of people can say about that, I mean, you know, about the early years of Ben. Yeah, but you know, Tony Roma played the same way. Far yeah. always kind of played the yeah. same way. Um, Michael Vick, you know, so no, nah, I mean, yeah, for sure. And uh my reflection frank you kind of recapped everything pretty well i don't really know if i I could have jumped in and said the things i wanted to say that buccaneers colts in my mind was actually the more of the game of the week than the the rams and packers even though i do get why that game was hyped up but that buccaneers colts game was good you know brady goes in the lucas oil stadium gets a win there he's you know he's playing there obviously during his patriot days but um um yeah this is a fun it was a fun i think it was cool he had his three games on thursday so sunday You know, there wasn't as much, you know, to go around. So, you know, the red zone was really dialed in on specific games for a decent period of time. So you got a chance to really check everything out, especially if you watch those games on Thursday. The Cowboys, you know, you know, you know, pushing that away, you know, on Thanksgiving Day. You know, the Cowboys and Lions are always the mainstay of Thanksgiving. So Um, but a big one for the Raiders. Definitely to go down there and, and, and and get the dub there. The Bills a great bounce back game from that embarrassment against the Colts to go down to go down to, to um, the Superdome and beat the Saints. Um but no, just uh really not much more else I have left to really impact on this one and uh but um I'll lead you into this one, Frank. Um that there was two games Frank and I missed this two one those two games we missed. Uh obviously were games by the um the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um they, uh, they dropped two in a row, Frank. Uh, one we thought for sure they probably would, and one, one we thought maybe, but not not to the degree. I'll let you go into detail on both of those.
1: Yeah, so I'm kind of calling this uh, segment the State of the Steelers, um, kind of a State of the Union address on where we sit here, a little bit past the halfway point, uh, really towards the stretch where I'm with six to play. Um, we had left off um, our last recording with the 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 tie against Detroit, and we kind of wallowed over that. We kind of <laughs> we kind of made fun of them. We kind of we were like, you know, Bronson and I were like, this is embarrassing. But I I was kind of the optimist, saying, hey, five three and one is still a good mark. You're unbeaten in your last five. Still kind of kind of like a hockey term. The Steelers are unbeaten, and it's it's an unbeaten streak, not a win streak anymore. But um, I said, you know what? And and I think my sentiment was. Two tough road games now, Chargers, Bengals. Let's split them. Let's go one and one, um, preferably win the Bengal one because it's a division game, um, and, and sit at six, four, and one uh, going into Baltimore, going into your final stretch here. Um, but Bronson, after the the, the the Lions tie, it only got worse. The Steelers have dropped their next two. Um, Sunday night football, Chargers, um Steelers fall behind early. They're chasing the game. Um, I don't know if you stayed awake for it, but I can't remember if I was texting you during it. But man, what a comeback in the fourth. I almost yeah, we were- yeah I almost turned it off and went to bed, Bronson, but I was like, you know what? There's a shot. They're within like they I think they were down 17, which was like three scores. But I'm like, you know, I think we had the ball. It was a support- four Steelers almost create. Converted their biggest comeback in franchise history. They were 0 273 and one while trailing by 17 in the fourth quarter, um, which most teams are a, a number like that. That's such a hard margin to, to overcome. But we score and make it a 10 point game. We get that crazy bounce off of Cam Hayward, caught by Cam Sutton interception. We're right on the doorstep. We don't get it, but we get the, the the pass interference. We get first and goal and Najee Harris punches it in. We're all of a sudden like down by three and it's a game. Um, then we get I I think we get it back and we, you know, we don't we actually take the lead on a Boswell field goal. I think we tied it, we took the lead uh thirty seven thirty-four, and I was going crazy. I was like it was like midnight. My neighbors were probably like unless they were watching too, or like what's going on over there. But I was like standing up and audibly clapping. Um, I was, I was standing up and, uh, you know, screaming at the TV by myself. My wife was actually in bed. Uh, she couldn't make it through for the whole finish. But Bronson, we went up 37, 34. I'm like, they're going to pull this off. It's, oh, fate. it's, no. it's history. Yeah, I didn't even do that. It's, uh, it's the biggest comeback. in sealer history. We got this thing, but Herbert gets the ball back. And in two plays, like, literally, boom, boom, pass to the 50, and pass to the end zone. And the only thing I was saying was maybe they left us too much time, but we had some penalties, and I think we're back to our own one-yard line. And uh, they, the Steelers couldn't couldn't mount one more drive. And it was sad to see that lead so short-lived and um, all that work to come back. It was such a heartbreaker gut punch. And they lose to the Chargers 41-37. I... Excuse me, I need to drink water. I um, I thought I still didn't go to bed with too sour of a taste because I was like, you know, that fourth quarter was playing with house money. I didn't expect to win. It was it, they entertained me. They kept it a game, and we're still five, four, and one. We just got to win this Bengal game. I thought, you know, this is the the old bungles, and they can go into Cincy and uh, and win that game. Uh, I don't. Bronson, do you have Charger thoughts before I go into that? I don't want to jump ahead. No, no,
0: you you uh, you hit the nail pretty much on the head. I I actually to be honest, I kinda um beginning of the fourth quarter, uh I had turned the TV off. I was disgusted. Mm-hmm. And um So I went and did some other stuff, did laundry, did some other things, and then I, I have a group text with some friends and they were like, Oh, oh touchdown, I know it didn't matter. Then when they then right before they scored that touchdown to go up, they're like, dude, they're gonna pull this off and I'm like, nah. And so I found, I did decide to go back upstairs, throw the TV on, and and see what happened. And I did see that score put them out ahead. The but even then, I still wasn't uh, as optimistic as you were. And I was like, well, I mean, you know, I was like, they they, they pull ahead. I'm like, damn, they came back and got got it back. But then, of course, you know, you said the two play the two-play drive by the Chargers and Justin Herbert. Once that happened, I mean, I don't want to sound like a Debbie Downer, Frank, but I didn't have any hope that they would come back and match that. Um, it just seemed like that took all the wind out of the sails. And then, as you said, you know, penalties and whatnot got them behind the eight ball on that, ne- on that final drive. And, and it was pretty much all she wrote. And it was, you know, I didn't see all the other scores until on the highlights, but um, if the Steelers had held on and won that game, it definitely would have been a shame on me for six weeks on that. But um they weren't able to pull but i mean no one expected pittsburgh to win that game uh but it was great they came down to the wire at least it it, it was a barn burner there at the end but uh no nothing really much else to add that frank and you know, like i said the chargers have you know they get that big win you know versus pittsburgh and then they go to denver and uh, stick it up against the broncos so uh, it just shows you how crazy football has been this year you know they couldn't build off of that and keep keep things rolling but but no, and then obviously Frank. The next week, um, they play Cincinnati, and um, kind of keeping things up here with our uh, our Steeler thing. We both had the Steelers losing to the Chargers, so uh, nothing changes on the on the Pickham deal on that part of it. Um, as I as I turn to it, we both had losses there, but we did have differing opinions on the second time they played Cincinnati. And um, I'll turn that back over to you for the uh, the recap.
1: Yeah, so going to the Cincy, like I said, you know the Charger lost behind us. Um, you can still make hay in the division game, um, and and kind of get yourself back into the conversation here. But uh, you know, right from the get go, this game was never, never um, in contention. Uh, Burrow led him down the field right off the bat, first drive at seven, nothing. Steelers I threw a pick the Eli Apple pick the very next drive almost returned for a pick six they they have it first and goal at the five uh, they punch that in and, and it's 14 nothing Before you even some people might have just been getting their popcorn and sitting down I um, it's 14 zip Bengals Steelers made a 14-3 I want to say uh, ho-hum Bengals another score 21-3 at this point I actually went to run some errands. I'm like, I'm out of here. <laughs> Just like you did with the laundry the week before. <laughs> I'm like, I had to get a few things at the store. So I'm running to the grocery store. The clerk actually told me, uh, she's like, what am I missing? What's going on? I'm like, nothing. I left because of it. It's And then somebody came over and said yeah it's 35-3 now and I was cracking up I'm like are you serious like we were just getting the doors blown off of us in the first half been through I think while I was at the store been through an, another pick six like <laughs> pick six to
0: Mike Hilton before right Steelers. right
1: to Mike Hilton I did see that so yeah <laughs> I mean it's just unraveled fast and you know those games happen And the Steelers attitude post game was like you have one or two of these every year and every team does. I mean, look at the the Packers and and saints, like every team does have one of these, but the Steelers haven't shown up like the last two weeks. And yes, it's injuries. It was, uh, you know, the charger game, they didn't have Hayden watt or, um, who else were they missing? Three guys uh, on defense. Um, they had watt back for this game, but no, Joe Hayden still. Um, so James Pierre, who I thought had potential, um, Lamar Jackson's first cousin actually which is a fun nugget um, number 42 um, got kind of torched by T Higgins in that game um, and it, it's just ugly it it ends up 41 10 so back-to-back weeks the Steelers allow 41 um, really 34 if you, actually you can't really fault a D because one was a, a, a pick six and one was a a pick near near pick six so the defense allowed Oh, bro. 20, this defense allowed 27, not 41, but still the defense does not look great. They're getting walked over. The problem with the defense is, is has been the lack of takeaways, the lack nope. of getting the lack of getting off the field on third down. Fitzpatrick
0: had his first interception finally this past week.
1: I mean, and it was probably a mop up duty. So like, it's just, yeah, um, it, the Steelers aren't doing, t- they're not forcing turnovers. Devin Bush is slowly and I'm not going to write him off yet slowly becoming a huge bust. He's becoming a Jarvis Jones. Um, It's just, he, somebody had a funny meme of him being like a, an Xbox player where the controller fails
0: Oh, the field goal.
1: And and like, well, he's like, they had like, your controller is unplugged. Like, cause he, the, the ball would be snapped and he would be frozen and he's just slow to react. And he's, yeah, he was supposed to be this sideline-to-sideline side buzzsaw, ball hawk, Ryan Chazier 2.0, and he seems lost out there.
0: I he's know Vince a... Williams came to his defensive bill on Twitter this <laughs> week.
1: I don't know how <laughs> Say... you can defend him. It's on tape. I mean, yeah. you can't keep saying it's the ACL. That's It's now almost two years ago. That's what right? everyone's
0: saying, though. Everyone's saying it's the injury. It's this, this yeah. the knee injury.
1: So just sit out another year, then, if you can't play. Like, he's just...
0: No, like, I'm with you, Frank. I'm it's just starting numb. to really
1: frustrate me. Starting to feel like Poulin. I the devil's advocate. Here. <laughs> you know, Poulin and the Penguins as a guy you've been critical of. It's kind of like Devin Bush is even like these first round picks got to pan out, and it's just like you know when you when you pick him that high and trade up to get him to boot. Um, he's Especially when they,
0: when they could have had him Well I think Devin White might have already been gone by then But
1: yeah. the Devons. and then
0: Devin White yeah. Turns out to be great in the Tampa Bay right. And they win a championship So,
1: and, and remember Bush really looked good as a rookie Before the injury and everybody was excited So maybe it's just going to take more time He's got to get his confidence back Maybe you know it's got to be a change In leadership if it's a Keith Butler That gets the axe but um, and well, didn't, you find,
0: didn't, didn't you figure out this week That uh, Keith Butler doesn't even make the calls
1: you yeah. see that? So I don't know, Bronson, the state of the Steelers right now is is very a desperate football team. They are teetering on their playoff lives. They are five, five and one. And you and I joked that uh, they're going to find a way to go 500 with the tie eight, eight and one. Um, <laughs> and, and, and everybody top on another non losing season. But they have six to play Bronson and three are at home, three are on the road. <laughs> and we've talked about this murderer's row of a finish when we previewed the season, but I'll go over them again. The final six start this Sunday against Baltimore, the first matchup of the year. Uh, it's been a long, you know, a whole year without playing them so far. Uh, then they go into Minnesota for our Facebook live event. We're going to live cast that, um, like Bronson Tees. Um Then you have Tennessee at home, and maybe that's now a winnable game with the Titans kind of in a free fall. Um, at Kansas City, that one... You thought might be winnable early in the year, but now it's looking like they're the Chiefs of old and that's going to be a tough task. Cleveland at home. It's Monday Night Football. Um, January 3rd into the new year. Um, that one's a toss up. As always, Cleveland Steelers are tight. We, we beat them up there this year, so they're going to be looking for revenge. Uh, it's hard to beat a team twice. Um, and then we finish up at Baltimore, which again can be a toss up. We've, we've gone down there and won before. Um maybe Baltimore will have like clinched the AFC North and won't be playing people and we'll get lucky that way. But th- they usually don't tank against the Steelers.
0: They did that a couple years ago and RG3 went off on them. Right. So
1: um the Steelers Bronson, you know, we obviously we've, we've made our picks in the past and they're they're locked in. But if I can kind of redo things in these final six, I'm gonna say lose the Baltimore, beat Minnesota. Yeah. So that's so that's six, six and one um beat Tennessee, lose to KC 7-7 and 1. And then the only way they could save their season is is win out and beat Cleveland and Baltimore and, and finish 9-7 and 1 and you might sniff a wild card like the 7th and final seed. But that's being really optimistic the way they're playing. Like I don't know if they can if they can go 2 and 4 in this stretch um which would put them at 7-9 and 1. And would put Tomlin at his first ever losing season. So we gotta let it play out, Bronson.
0: Ed of the athletic said so that he thinks they'll, they'll lose out. He thinks they lose every game.
1: <laughs> That's unlikely. And I'm i I'm shocked Ed said that. He's probably being a little facetious because of how bad they are, but um I, I see some wins on that schedule either against the Vikings, Titans, or Browns. Um, I they have to find a way to win one or two of those. Yeah. But I don't think it's going to be good enough to make the playoffs. I think ten wins is going to be the number. Um, with I mean, if you look at it, um, all these teams that are ahead of them now in contention: uh, the Chargers, the Raiders, the Broncos, and the Colts. Um, so if you include the Steelers and the Browns, um, so let me run through those again: Chargers, Raiders, Broncos, Colts, Steelers, Browns there is um, one spot for those six teams um, if you wanna if you want to say the Chiefs Bengals and Bills Bronson have all kind of solidified themselves those six teams I named or I named are fighting for the final spot and then the seventh yeah. team the seventh team would be those dolphins that I said are surging yeah so really do you feel like the Steelers are better than those six teams I don't so to make the playoffs yeah. is now a long shot for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and it's sad because when they had that that, five, that four game win streak and were creeping towards the top of the AFC North, I thought they would. You know, we're talking about o two and one the last three games. They should be two and one, and you know they should be instead of a five five and one football team, they should be a seven and four football team. Um, but they are who they are. I, I think that's just over overstating them. That's my my black and gold goggles. Um, they have a ton of holes, Bronson. They have injuries, which every team has. You got to stop using it as an excuse. Um, they have just a ton of holes. You know that offensive line is terrible. Kendrick Green is just bullied every game. Um, Trey Turner's not as he's old. He's not his old self. Um, Banner's never on the field. Um, it's a patchwork line of all new guys. We said this coming in. Harris, who I think could be a good running back, just doesn't have the hole, so it's hard to evaluate him. Did they maybe stretch by taking a running back in the first round instead of offensive line? Um, we'll never know, but I don't know, Bronson. It's a, it's a tough time. I know the Pittsburgh dad videos were out. He's, he's down in the dumps after these two games. Uh, all of Pittsburgh is. Um, it's just... It's it's rough, so yeah, I'll get your thoughts on it On the, uh, you know, the, the Bengal game And then the final six And just yeah, how, like, uh, how you're feeling I'm sure it's just as bad as I am <laughs> Well, I guess if we're doing this Like we're going to modify our
0: picks uh, I don't see a reason too, really Maybe, you know I would take maybe that Baltimore win and probably give that to Tennessee, maybe. I don't know. Either way, it'd still be the same thing. Um, I don't know, Frank. I've just run out of energy with this team, honestly. I've run out of energy for this team. I'm tired of always having my hopes up with a, with a letdown like this, and then their reaction to the letdown is what's, what's, what annoys me the most. Mm-hmm. We just have one of these games, well...
1: There was no anger, though. I heard Tomlin was flipping out on the south side this week, like, screaming at guys, so... Maybe that's still going to light a fire under him. Well, maybe I didn't have something
0: to say, but a former Steeler certainly had something to say. And uh, this one made the rounds. And if you didn't hear it, I'm sure everyone who's listened to this has heard it by now, but it's, it's, it's the, it's the, <laughs> it's preaching to the choir and it's a uh, former uh, Steeler, Ryan Clark on ESPN. 10 but don't be fooled
2: it wasn't nearly as close as that yeah, would make it sound gross. all right rc i have to ask you to actually face the camera now and what do we say about your beloved Steelers today that they're not my beloved Steelers anymore nobody's scared no to play much. this team there's absolutely no physicality there's no energy defensively there's no tone setters you have one of the best Playmaking free safeties in football at Mika Fitzpatrick. And you know what he is? He's a fifth linebacker. Because you won't tackle anybody in the run. Joe Mixon is flexing, storing football into the stands. You know why? Because y'all don't scare nobody. Because it ain't about putting your face mask on somebody else's face mask. It's not about upholding what Joe Green did, what Lambert did. It's not about doing what James Harrison did, Casey Hampton, James Ferrier, Troy Polamalu. Those days are gone. We want to be cute, right? We want to make videos. We want to do TikToks. We want to dance in the locker room. We want to be the team that everybody loves to be around. We want to make jokes. We want to smile. We want to have fun. Pittsburgh football ain't about having fun. Pittsburgh football is about dominating people on the field because of your physicality but that ain't what y'all want what y'all want to do is y'all want to show up and y'all want to live on the back of legends don't nobody care about that no more right young people aren't respectful to the past in the past Pittsburgh was something this Pittsburgh defense ain't jack. And I ain't talking about Jack Lambert. I ain't talking about <laughs> Jack, Jack Ham. I'm talking about Jack, and you know the rest of the word. Y'all ain't that. And so now, when Pittsburgh shows up to the stadiums, people like Joe Burrow, people like Joe Mixon, people like T. Higgins, you know what they do? They call their girlfriends. They call their wives. And they say, baby, you got to show up to this game. You know why? Because we're going to win fantasy football for somebody mm. because they ain't stopping a nosebleeds. You better change something. You better do something or this will be Mike Tomlin's first losing season. I I I, I appreciate
1: the passion that you have. <laughs> wow. I didn't know
0: was. that. That was the that was the that made every headline in sports this I week. I it's
1: it, he sounds like I am not a huge Ryan Clark fan, but he sound he's very He's right on there and he sounded like a coach and that's what Tomlin need to needs to say to them, but Tomlin needs to say it to himself because he's the guy in charge and the, the mentality and attitude starts with him. And one thing I will say is he's a, being a little bit hard on. Uh, Juju is really the only TikTok dancer and he's he's on injured reserve and he's on on offense. I I don't know about anybody on the defensive side of the ball being like all about social media and not about playing, but um, he I do get his point. They're a younger group and they're kind of a, it's that it's that generation of participation trophy and they're not really wanting to work for it right now. Devin Bush is one that I, you know, that I mentioned that's really not showing the work ethic, but, uh, a scathing scathing, uh, remarks on his team. Uh, Steven a was doing the same cause he's a huge Steeler fan too. He was, he was hard on him. Um, yeah, boy, Steeler nation right now is crumbling. They need to show up and smack Baltimore in the mouth and get back in this thing. Cause, uh, and I expect them to show up. They, they they, have to. It's now or never.
2: I don't even know why I'm writing this week's One Man's Opinion, because I saw the same game you saw, and I have the same reaction you do. Well, the Steelers suck, What <laughs> I can't understand is Why? It's not that losing bothers me
0: as much as a lack of pride or self-esteem. How do you give up 82 points in the last two games? How do you, in the words of Mike Tomlin, get beat up front on both sides of the ball? Is it a mindset? Big Ben after the
2: game said, it is what it is. It happens sometimes. (laughs) We need to play better. So why don't you play better? I don't wanna hear about injuries. We got beat even when everyone was healthy.
0: I don't wanna hear about anything because actions speak louder than words. And at this stage of the game, those actions spell out loser. That was uh, Rocky Flyer. yeah, and if the Hall of Famer, Steelers running running back legend, uh, for, you know, served our country in Vietnam. I believe that the part where he said, "When Ben said we got to play better is my is my take. No bleep, no no crap. Um, so yeah, Frank. I Are mean, you even the one thing that we've we've seen that's changed now that wasn't the case then was that the legends didn't speak out um, with Rocky, with 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 Ryan Clark, with uh, sometimes to an extent James Harrison. I think I thought the the Troy Polamalu Hall of Fame speech was a message to the current Steelers uh, when he said about what being wearing the black and gold meant. You know. Ryan's right, Frank. This is not our Steelers. This is not the Steelers that we... Uh, it makes us sound like a bunch of out-of-tune out of, out of boomers, but I'm sorry. This is not the new... Like I've never felt such a disconnect from this team in all my life than I do right now. Like, you always knew whether or not... You, if you won or lost the game, that the Steelers were going to be physical, you knew their gameplay, you knew how they were going to attack things. Now it's just... You know, like, like like Ryan Clark said, it's everyone, everyone. It's everything's about building the brand now. It's about building your individual ba- brand, Frank. And um, and I'm not saying that's exactly what happened. Oh, I mean, and then you have to think, You know, what, what makes you mad after this, after what you saw on Sunday, is then then you know you have to face the media, right? And <laughs> it's. I feel like some of these guys just don't have any humility. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) I can't even, please tell me this is the clip. I can't even make this up. Okay, so I can't find it. So basically Chase Claypool said that what will make things better for the Steelers is if they play music at practice. Because practice is hard. Practice is tough. They need to have more fun, and they need to play, <laughs> and they need to have music. Uh. Cam Hayward was asked about this on the TV morning show. It was like he had to have been joking. <laughs> he goes, he had to have been joking. If if I thought that's what he meant when he said that, I would have ripped the speakers out of my car. Like, it, 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 people like Chase Claypool, and like, you know, I'm sorry to say this, Juju, I'm a USC guy. Mm. And you, these guys just don't have any humility. You know, like, oh, it just drives me nuts, Frankie. I can't deal with this anymore. I mean, I love this team. I love, you, know, you know, there's the stupid idiots that think that, you know, just changing the quarterback is going to change everything. As Chuck Noll once said, what, what's, what's that, Frank? There are many problems and they are great. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's this team right now, so. Oh, I don't know, Frank. I can't.
1: I can't. Uh, Bronson, your your kind of your lack of words and your being made speechless says it all. I mean, it's just it's so frustrating as a Steeler fan. We I didn't do want to talk about them, Frank? Yeah, I know I we have that. Well, like Rocky said, we have that tradition. This you know Pittsburgh Steelers football. Ryan Clark touched upon it. Every era, you know, they had a, a, a kind of a dip in the in the eighties, a dip in the early two thousands, but for the last half century, the Steelers have been. Class of the NFL, class of sports world. Um, it's why the Steeler Nation exists. It's why um, the fan base is so large. Um, they usually give their best every week and put a good product in the field. And are perennial contenders. Yes, they haven't you know, really made much noise in the playoffs the last decade. Um, you know, A lot of us are kind of um, resting on that 05, 08 Super Bowls, getting there in 2010, Okay, you know, grand scheme of things, three Super Bowl appearances in the last 15 seasons, um, that is very, a, a big accomplishment. You know, that's going to the Super Bowl one out of every five years. Um, but it, it has been a dry spell lately. No playoff wins since, I think, 2016. Um, you know, a, a kind of a big drought now. Um, all that they didn't do with, with the Killer bees when they had a chance. And now with... TJ Watt in this big contract and Minka, and the last window of Ben, uh, not putting it together either. Uh, is kind of a sad thing. So if you're staring down the 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 barrel at a rebuild, um, that's going to be hard to swallow as well. Um, you thought this final window was going to you know produce some deeper playoff runs, maybe not a Lombardi, um, but you know the rise of Mahomes, the rise of Jackson. Um, the rise of Josh Allen's Bills, now Herbert's Chargers. There's just, you look up at the AFC, they're not, the Steelers aren't one of the best teams. I just want to see the effort, like Blyer and, and Clark are saying, I want to see them hunker down and stop the music, stop the dancing. Um, Name more accountability, that starts at the top. Tomlin's being too much of a player's coach, as always, like they always say. Um, this younger generation needs to buck up and start, you know, you know, trying to play winning football and not worrying about themselves and their, you know, their own contracts, their own social media, um, and it, it's getting ugly. I don't know if that can change. I don't know if the culture can change at this point. Um, it might, it, it, it might be too late in the game for that. Um, the debate will go on if they do finish something like you know seven, nine and one, six, ten and one. Um, will Tom will be on the hot seat? You know, he's got a contract, but they could tear it up. You know they've recently extended them, what have you? Um, do they go? Do they shock the world and fire a coach, which the Steelers, you know, haven't done in in fifty years um, or more—longer than that. Three coaches in like six, sixty, seventy years, um, or do they say one more, one more ride with Tomlin and Ben next year, and that's it? Like that, this is your final chance. But um, you know, it is kind of crazy how the NFL can really change on at a drop of a hat because at five and three um and, and towards the the lead in the afc north everybody was happy you know we were down in the dumps after one and three we win four straight we're we're, we're riding high um although it was against gina smith seahawks um uh, you know a 50 percent baker mayfield and then barely beating you know the, the bad bears um so you know were those Three of those four wins there were, were they really legit? Um, but no, Bronson. We'll see what happens. Six games ago, um, it's a it's a watershed mm-hmm. moment for this franchise. Um, how do they respond to the critics? And uh, it starts with Baltimore. It's right in front of you. It's your division leader at home, and you can you can start that changing of the culture right now. This Sunday at 4:25 um and, and get your your season turned around but it is a pivotal talk about a pivotal maybe must win um after the two embarrassments so uh yeah that's the state of the steelers bronson it it is bad times are tough right now as a Steeler fan we've been spoiled yeah. but um I it's, mean, it's, it's
0: <clears throat> like i said it's I've, I've always been accepting the fact that you know the penguins and the steelers had a lot of great runs and you know you know... The, the fan base has been very spoiled, you know, the the competitiveness of both teams in that days like this were bound to come eventually. I don't care if they went out playing the same style they've always played, but just this, un, this lack of accountability, lack of of just like, you know, what I mean, like they just aren't the lack of awareness of where they're at. And just some players, let's say the whole team. Uh, I think Cam Hayward's aware of it. I think I think Bender, to a certain extent is aware of it. Uh, but I don't know. It's just it, some of the some of the coaching decisions this year have been questioned by me for sure for sure. Um, I don't think they're gonna fire Tom and Frank. I think this is why they always you know, if anything, I think Canada would be the guy that gets the gate for that. It just seems like it, it's like you know, it's like they kick the can down the road just a little yeah, bit yeah
1: or Butler. There'll be some scapegoats for sure on the coordinator side, yeah.
0: The top of the head's not gonna change. I don't I think if Ben wants to come back another year, he's going to be unless the studio's literally just tell him that he's not welcome back into the. You know, yeah. He's not going to be the starter. And um, I don't know where they go from there. I but I think they'll give him that opportunity. I really do. But um I've had a depressing Thursday, Frank. Let's not let's not let's yeah.
1: get into some happy topics. I'm ready to talk some <laughs> I'm ready to put the like dolly <laughs> my hat on. Well, yes, the Dalai Lama.
0: Well, because literally MLB free agency started a couple days ago, and all I could think about was how I could not wait to record this episode, so I could plug into the man, the the baseball wonderkin, uh, the Dalai Lama. Dan Patrick always calls Peter Gammons the, the baseball Dalai Lama, but Frank's rp's baseball Dalai Lama. I've only saw a couple headlines. I know I tweeted for uh, tweet. I texted Frank. A couple things that happened. Uh, you know, if he missed out on it, cause I was peeking my head out during the afternoon because some of the moves there, but, um, so, but no, Frank, um, hot stove, free agency, whatever you want to call it. It's all, it's wide open now. And, uh, big names are moving. Um, the Dodgers lost two big ones. Uh, um, I'll let you go in on those ones, but, uh, obviously the big one, uh, I, I want to take in the big one. Uh, Max Scherzer, the big deal with the New York Mets, uh, their new ownership, not messing around. They bring Max Scherzer over. Um, maybe you know trying to maybe rekindle what he had i know he he didn't end a year too well in in la um but no he goes there the mets frank and i know uh the dodgers lost another key uh a key player there too and i'll let you lead off with that and then uh i'm gonna hop on the train i'm gonna close the door straddle in and uh take a ride around the uh the mlb with the dalai lama frank contai he's gonna break down mlb free agency
1: yeah thanks bronson for that lead up and uh I'm also going to talk about uh, the news today. I was going to make this my final thoughts, but uh, the work stoppage, there's been a labor labor dispute with the CBA. So I, 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 a final thought came to me, uh, Bronson, so I'm going to move, I'm going to ch- shift gears and talk about uh, that in my MLB segment here. But I'll start with free agency. The good news um, over the past week um, kind of felt like hockey, um, you know, the big July 1st day. Which bronson and i love to tune into tsn or nhl network and see where the guys go um, baseball typically spreads their free agency period out between uh n- you know november and february um, but because of the uh, expiring cba on december 1st um, which would leave a lot of things like potential salary cap potential arbitration rules um, potential opt-out buyout clauses a lot of that might get reshuffled um, so if you sign a deal before December 1st, you're grandfathered in. So a lot of teams and players were trying to meet that deadline. So it kind of created this frenzy, which I loved. I was on my phone or MLB network, uh, all, you know, all the time this past week. And the MLB might add this to the new CBA if they get it worked out because like, like a, a, a free agency deadline period, because it just made for great, you know, theater on, on TV and, and social media and all that. But, um, Bronson buried the lead the biggest signing Max Scherzer um, and the New York Mets are trying to go all in they were doing it offensively with Francisco Lindor um, the 300 million dollar deal to, to to pry him from the Indians um, They you know they traded for him and then re-signed him um, but they needed pitching and you know they do have Jacob deGrom but after him it was kind of thin so they go out and get the biggest fish in the sea in the offseason. Um, he is 36, but Scherzer is still pitching the best he's ever pitched. Um, they kind of becoming an ageless wonder. Um, three years, 130 million, Bronton, the richest contract per year ever for any pitcher or position player, 43.3 million annually. For Scherzer, um, it'll take him through his third age 39 season, so he'll be making that 43.3 million per at age 39. Um, nothing so far suggests that he'll fall off. The fastball is still in the mid to upper 90s, you know, 95 to 97. Um, he's still going deep into games. Um, great arsenal, you know, bulldog mentality, attacks hitters, takes the ball ace-type mentality, so now they have two aces. Hopefully DeGrom stays healthy there and they can go one-two punch. They were comparing them, Bronson, to some of the best one-two punches ever on MLB Network. Uh, If you remember Johnson and Schilling uh, with the Diamondbacks, Clemens and Messina with the Yankees. Remember Halliday and Lee with the Phillies Um, that never turned into a ring. A lot of these didn't turn into championships. Uh, Schilling and and, and Johnson certainly did. Um, But some of the best duos ever, um, it's just going to be so fun to watch when you have those two in your rotation, you're not going to have extended losing streaks. Um, one of the, you know, those two guys are going to be stoppers for you. Um, it's, it's one of the only few rotations in history to have, uh, the Cy Young, you know, hardware. I believe Degarm has two and Scherzer has three. So you're talking about five Cy Youngs in your rotation, um, after that, it's still a little bit thin. They lost Marcus Stroman to the Cubs. He signed a free agent deal with the Cubs. Um, you, you, ca- you have Carlos Carrasca, who was kind of the throw-in in the Lindor trade, um, who's not been able to put together a healthy year. But if he puts together a, a healthy 162 um, and can give them 30 starts, he's been an above-average pitcher. Um, they still kind of have to fill out that 4 and 5 spot in that rotation. But um when you're that top-heavy at 1-2. And if you can get into the playoffs, Bronson, and you know talk about a five-game series where those two guys are pitching four of the games, um, you get to a seven-game series, and Scherzer and DeGrom are going four, potentially five out of the seven games, um, you have a shot to, to, to go all the way. So huge signing by the Mets. They do opt to not um, re-sign Javi Baez, who they kind of got as a rental last year for the stretch run. Um, he, uh, another one of the big names to go, he goes, um, on a six year deal to the Detroit Tigers, an interesting team, Bronson in a small market, like the pirates starting to throw some money around. They have Miguel Cabrera coming off the books in a few years. Uh, one more year of that huge kind of albatross contract. It kind of became like an Albert Pujols type deal, whereas he aged and got over 40, uh, the $25 million a year that they're paying Miguel Cabrera is starting to bite them in the butt, but since he's coming off the books, they're able to have some uh, spending flexibility now, and they're starting to, they're in on Carlos Correa, who's the biggest position player fish in the sea. He has not signed yet, but the Tigers are, are in on him. So imagine a Correa Baez, um, you know, up the middle. Um, Puerto Ricans, a couple Puerto Ricans there. So um, if the Tigers are in on Carlos Correa, look out. Former AJ Hinch, you know, ma- managed him in Houston. Um, the Tigers are trying to vault up that AL Central quick and uh, AL Wildcard talk and become a contender after a couple rebuilding years with prospects on the way from, you know, drafting top five the last few years. So watch out for them. Um, the other team that made a splash, Bronson, uh, the Texas Rangers. And they're a team that like the Tigers um, now in Dallas and Arlington there, they, they are in a big market. They got the new ballpark, the billion dollar globe, globe life, you know, indoor, outdoor, you know, amazing Mecca, you know, baseball Mecca field um, that some may remember hosted the 2020 bubble, playoff bubble, um, awesome stadium. Uh, now they can finally put a, a product on the field there. Um, they go after and get, they get to the top 10 free agents. Um, back-to-back days Corey Seager and um, Marcus Simeon um, the, these guys were both um, these guys were both MVP candidates uh, in their respective leagues you remember Corey Seager um, was uh, the World Series and NLCS MVP in their you know in their 2020 bubble run so he loves hitting in that ballpark um, and Marcus Simeon, kind of overshadowed by Vlad Guerrero Jr. there and all the kids, you know, the Bigios and the Bichette's up there in Toronto. But he had 46 homers, had over 100 RBIs, and with Shohei and Vlad Jr. was top three in uh, MVP voting. So Simeon... Uh, Bet on himself, took a one-year deal there uh, with Toronto, and uh, cashes in now with uh, seven years, $140 million, $20 million annually, long-term deal. Good to see that for for Simeon. Uh, some thought he would go back to shortstop uh, until they signed Seeger the next day, so it definitely looks like Simeon will be the second baseman there. Um, be able to give Seeger some days off at short, I'm sure, and could play there too. And then they make some small moves, Bronson, which I liked john gray the pitcher from the rockies um former third overall pick out of the university of oklahoma um high pedigree um he was a guy that the pirates were looking at he was in a couple of those drafts around the garrett cole and jamison tie on drafts uh so john gray was a guy that a lot of people had rumored to the pirates went to the rockies there back in 2011-2012 range never really panned out in colorado of course pitching in Coors fields always like a death wish uh, death sentence to some pitchers. Um, he gets a shot at a kind of a reboot going down there to Arlington. Um, gets a kind of a modest like four-year 50-something million deal, um, which I know it's, it's still crazy money, but he didn't really cash in. But hopefully he can kind of re reclaim uh, his career down there and give them some rotation depth. And then they went out and got an outfielder, Cole Calhoun, who's kind of a locker room clubhouse guy to bring it all together there. I don't think they're done yet. Um, they want to kind of become instant contenders. Um, seeing that Houston might take a step back, losing Correa. Um, Oakland is kind of starting a fire sale there. They're, they're kind of resetting things and rebuilding as they do from time to time. And uh, you know, the angels haven't been impressive. So Texas might see a window there in the AL West to become a contender in that division or for a wild card. Um, still a lot of guys out there. Um, you know, left in the free agent market that they could that they could target. Um, so yeah, we'll see. It might not be this year, Bronson. They might bring you know, year one of the Seager Simeon era. You know, might see them improve a little bit, get get over five hundred, get to you know maybe talk for that second wild card. But Texas, I see. You know, in a year or two, you know, Seager and Simeon are still relatively young um the second third year their deals there in Texas when some of the prospects start blooming and they can like hit hit next off season's free agent class and the and the season after that and maybe bring in some big 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 name arms um and, and rebuild that pitching staff. And then your boy Jack Leiter um is is going to be around that time is going to be ready. Money. Yeah, he's gonna be around that time he's gonna be ready to start debuting there and hopefully be a potential ace for them. So you know, maybe not right away. I know Texas fans pumped the brakes a little bit. I don't think you're instant World Series contenders next year, but definitely turning the corner from like a couple hundred loss type seasons to like instant be, instantly becoming contenders is is very exciting for fans there. Um, lastly, the like kind of the third team that made some noise, um, you know, other than it, like I said, it was the um, you know the Mets getting Scherzer and the Rangers. Um, getting getting those two guys. Um, Seattle made some moves. They brought in our pal Adam Frazier. Um, so a nice player there to maybe lead off, be a utility guy, or maybe solidify second base for them. Um, they acquired him via trade with the Padres. It never really worked out with the Padres. Kind of a strange team to get him last year um, with Cronenworth and Kim and Tatis and, and Hosmer. They brought him over to a crowded infield I couldn't quite understand it. Machado um he played some left field for them never could find a, a you know he, he struggled there in san diego i don't know if you like the culture there um goes to seattle where i think he'll thrive i think we'll we'll see the pittsburgh adam frazier version there and i'll root for them I, I root for seattle to break that 21 year now uh playoff drought um so i hope it goes well for frazier there they make a big splash you get cy young winner robbie ray on a five-year deal so after five seasons in Toronto, Robbie Ray uh, turned you know turned his career around. He was kind of a journeyman, traded a couple times. Um, usually a high strikeout but high walk guy. ERA was always pretty high, 500 type pitcher. You know wins losses like you know might be a 10 and 10 pitcher every year. Um, but uh, he he figured it out in 2021 won the AL Cy young and cashed in five years, 110 million. Interesting, the the Blue Jays kind of just didn't want him back Um, because they immediately after that signed Kevin Gosman away from the Giants five years, 105. So pretty much the same deal they could have offered Ray. So maybe a kind of a mutual parting of ways, just uh, after a Cy Young season, they were just kind of both ready to move on to something different. Um, Robbie Ray, a lefty, Kevin Gosman, a righty. Maybe they saw something there and wanted to bring into a right, a a right-handed pitcher. But uh, yeah, so the Mariners kind of, you know, were on the cusp. They won 90 games last year. They were right there to the wire with the wild card hunt. Um, they had a couple of players there, and I don't think they're done either. Um, other than Napparos, and there's been some small signings. Uh, Verlander went back to the Astros after Tommy John, so he'll be back there. Um, Noah Syndergaard, Thor. Um, remember that that great one-two punch when it was Matt Harvey and Noah Syndergaard. Um, he goes out to the angels. So as Bronson and I um, asked for the angels get some pitching. Ken um, Sindergaard at age 29, uh, you know, get get fully healthy and be their ace. We'll see. Um, but yeah, Bronson, there there's still a lot of big fish out there. Um, Kyle Schwarber, uh, big bat. Nelson Cruz still doing it at like 43, a DH that you can bring in for some pop. Um, you still have uh, Trevor Story. So. You know, a lot of people think if carlos correa does go somewhere trevor story is a nice fit in houston uh, a little bit cheaper than correa to kind of replace him there we'll see if that kind of domino falls um, freddie freeman's still out there most people think he'll resign with the braves um, freddie freeman's mr brave i can't see him going anywhere and uh, chris Bryant's still out there does he miss chicago and go back to the cubs uh, a lot of people have him going to the mets as their next big splash um, they said he loved it and, and, and Sam Fran and loved Gabe Kapler. So does he just re up and stay there with the giants? Um, I, I personally haven't heard this rumor, but I, I could see, uh, Toronto going in for him, um, cause he could play some outfield there. Um, I could see Bryant going to the Braves, um, to make that, uh, you know, that, uh, world series champion even stronger. I think there's probably a lot of suitors for him, um. Comfortable in Chicago. How about the other side? How about the south side with the White Sox? Um, so Chris Bryan, I think there's a lot of fits there. It'll be interesting to see where he goes. He's like the highest Rated player still left uh, along with like story and Nick Castellanos um, So yeah, Bronson, I, I went through a lot there. What uh, what moves were your favorite? I you know You said you like the Scherzer move um, what, who are you yeah. excited? Who are you excited about seeing in a new uniform? Um, what, what teams you think improved?
0: Well, like I said, I only saw a couple signings the other day, and I figured it was like it was one of those things, too, where I don't know if it was I didn't want to look, but I was like, it'll be fun to hear Frank recap them. And I'm shocked, <laughs> like Robbie yeah. Ray winning the Cy Young, and then he then he moved on to Seattle. Like that, that's a huge deal. Um, I remember his back of his was he was in the, the Diamondbacks at the beginning of his career, yeah, yep. and um seeing him finally get what he wants and then they move on like you said maybe toronto figured that was the that was the top of the top of the road for him and maybe they you know maybe they felt like they weren't going to bring him back and then have the the production go down but obviously they 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 got you know they got who you, who you just mentioned <laughs> obviously Seeger going to texas and uh so did um uh, Seager and Simeon; those are the that was, those are two huge signings for Texas.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, kind of throwing their hat in the ring. Um, Scherzer's obviously the big one. Uh, obviously, you know, another big market. He was in L.A. now he's in New York. And they got
1: Starling Marte, which I forgot to mention. The see, M- yeah, the Mets. Barnesy yeah.
0: Barnesy Barnes, Barnes, told me that one already. Mm-hmm. I was already pretty know. Um, but no, I mean it's uh, it's cool. It, it, um, what was one you just mentioned that I liked? Uh, yeah, the, the Seeger move. Uh, a little, little sad that that, uh, that my uh, my AL Yankees aren't aren't in on that on anything right now. But uh, yeah. they, they you know they got they got some guys there for sure. But
1: um, yeah, that's been a shocker, Bronson. The Yankees lack of moves. Um, the only move they made was like re-signing one of their relief pitchers, Jolie Rodriguez. Um, yeah. I you know I, story's been linked to them. Um, a lot of people even say Freddie Freeman if there is a team that could pry him. Um, they could bring Rizzo back. I could see them getting Kassianos, the Japanese outfielder. There's a, a, a kind of a big outfielder coming over from Japan this year. Yankees are always in on them, guys. Yeah. Um, Schwarber could end up there. Nelson Cruz could end up there. They, they, they could get some of these guys. The Yankees are still going to make some. Is
0: Gallo back with them, or is he a free agent too?
1: gallo is under control with them so he'll be back okay. but there are trade rumors that they might try to flip him but gotcha. yeah he he would be back
0: well then uh, that's kind of all i really had to say and we'll probably kick it locally you were battling bucko it was the bucks um they will start 2022 with a gold glove catcher although they will not start with the gold glove catcher <laughs> you think
1: <frankly. laughs> nice nice little uh, tease there yeah in um, Frank, in
0: uh, you know uh, Frank, you know uh, the Pirates after uh, Jacob Stallings was the Gold Glove award as a uh, at the catcher position. Frank, they uh, they take him down to Miami for what a couple prospects. Yeah, um, yeah, I didn't, I wasn't wild by the move. What, are, what are these prospects? Uh, yeah. My buddies Seth and Ryan both said
1: they felt like they could have got more, but I I feel so like the
0: too. Pirates are just selling. They were selling high while they could with, with right. Stallings.
1: I thought they could have fetched a little bit more after the Gold Glove announcement. Um, the problem is Stalling's bat isn't really anything to write home about. He had a decent amount of RBIs, um, but the grand uh,
0: slams all I remember.
1: <laughs> right. Um, yeah, he he drove in a decent amount of runs, but yeah, great defensive catchers. All uh, kind of what, what teams are really looking for these days. Um, he's not going to get the big prospect haul uh, like a JT Realmuto did because. Um, he is, um, you know, not, doesn't do it with the bat as well, but, um, they got a journeyman kind of pitcher that we, I think drafted and kind of got back. He like, I think we, we drafted him and he never panned out here and now he's like kind of reclaimed it. So we got him back. Um, and then, uh, the other two prospects are really young and I don't know, but yeah, I mean, you're not going to win with stalling. So I get it, get prospects for him. Um, I expect Chris Stratton maybe is another guy in that mold, like maybe the, the last guy left of, of of anybody who could fetch anything. Because I do think they're going to keep Reynolds. We talked off air. Brian Reynolds is kind of the cornerstone. Still in his 20s, I believe, or early 30s. Um, if this Pirate team's going to get good in the next three, four years, he'll still be kind of in his prime. It's going to be the Reynolds and Hayes. It's going to be Reynolds and Hayes' team. Um, and then there's guys Barnes, he loves to tote like your Nick Gonzalez's. And your, oh, he
0: loves Nick Gonzalez. Yeah,
1: Nick Gonzalez is looking to be the real deal. He tore up the Arizona Fall League, which is a competitive offseason league. Um, he's looking like he's right on the cusp, should make it to Indy this year and knock on the door to Pittsburgh. Of course, O'Neill Cruz, who did get his cup of coffee the last week of the year in September and homered, I think, twice and looked really good late. So he's, he's about ready. Um so yeah, the Pirates, they have to build around Hayes, Reynolds, um, Cruz and Gonzalez and hope some other guys hit. Their problem is all like I've said over the past, is gonna be pitching. They have no pitching depth in the system other than maybe this Contreras they got from the Yankees and the tie-on deal. Looks like he might be a, a can't miss, but the lack of Mitch Keller's development and yeah. um no nobody else being around. Um now they've Totally. I didn't expect this, but a flurry of guys, they just said, you know, no thanks. Uh, they had, like, p- player options on these guys, and just, yeah. like, they just let them walk. Chad Cool, Steven Brault, um, Colin Moran. all They were all shown the door this week. Um, fan favorites, guys that would have been cheap and would have been, like, okay to keep around in these, these next couple tank years, which everybody expects. Um, I guess you know maybe those three wanted to maybe go try to, to, to be on a contender and kind of everybody agreed to part ways. Um, I hope those three guys land on a roster somewhere. Chad cools a guy that can touch a hundred. I think a team should make him into an eighth inning reliever, if not someday a closer because cool as a starter could never stay healthy and could never go deep into games. I, th- I say just let the man air it out. And be a be a one inning reliever. Um, Tampa Bay is a team that loves those kind of guys. You watch Chad Cool go to the Rays and become a stud middle reliever. <laughs> um, but uh, and then and then Moran I think could be a bench back and play left field, first base, third base, and be a bat off the bench for a team. And then Stephen Brault as well. He's a lefty with a pulse. They always said it. Um, if you're a left handed pitcher and you have a pulse, you might find yourself on a roster. So. Or the opportunity Bronson to go play in Japan or Korea has been there. And these guys can make some money and extend their careers. So good luck. Thanks for all your time. Those three, you know, they didn't light the world on fire here. Um, but the, the, I was fans of all three of them, and they'll be missed. Um, they, of course, weren't they weren't winning players. They weren't guys that were going to turn the franchise around. So I get it. But um, And Charrington's trying to turn over their roster and make it his. Um, but we're still a few years away. It's gonna be another rough 2022. Attendance is gonna be down. No, um, there's
0: nothing left. There's nothing left for the cold deal now, right? Because Musgrove left.
1: Uh, that's sad. Yeah, Michael Feliz, Jason Martin, all gone. Um, very sad. The, yeah, nothing for Garrett Cole, literally nothing. Um very sad. Um, but no Bronson, other than the Billy Joel concert, PNC Park's not gonna be filled this year. Uh, <laughs> but uh Oh, man. Yeah, look, looking looking bad for them, Bronson. I will wrap up MLB talk here um, with uh, the, the latest breaking news <laughs> of a lockout. And don't get too scared, fans. It's not the the same as the strike in 94, which eliminated the, the second half of the season in a World Series. Um, that's when the players go on strike. This is the owners. Uh, this is kind of the opposite. This is the owners locking out the players. So no baseball activity can occur right now. Uh, no free agent signings, no trades, no workouts. Nobody can can enter into facilities. That's why they kind of call it a lockout. Um, you know, stadiums are closed. Off-season workouts are closed down. Um, you cannot, you know, players can't speak to the manager, can't speak to the GM, um, things like that. But luckily, Bronson, we're two and a half months away from from pitchers and catchers reporting. So they have a long time to get back to the negotiating table. Uh, the MLB Players Association and the owners. And the Commissioner's office can come to can come together and, and sign a new 10 year CBA and um, and hopefully you know get this be- behind us and get everybody uh, excited for 2022. I think it might even be a good thing because c- certain things might get written into this new CBA such as. Um, uh, a salary cap or salary floor. Um, Where teams like Bob Nutting will be forced to spend at least a hundred million, which brings salaries up for everybody. Um, Possibly um, arbitration years kind of being you know changed, where you know free agency starts earlier, um, which helps the players' wallet. Um, Service time things like remember how we couldn't call up Garrett Cole till June first because it'll cost a year of eligibility. Like do away with that kind of stuff. Um, so maybe some positive like rule changes like adding the D.H. to the National League might be on the table um, that overtime that extra inning rule of base runners might be changed or done away with uh, pitch clocks, robot umpires, um, all kinds of stuff on the table. So maybe they'll iron out some of this stuff and, and get a, a perfect CBA that everybody can live with. But because it didn't make the deadline of December 1st, it's considered a quote unquote lockout. Um, but I don't think it's reason for panic yet we have until pitchers and catchers report. What one thing it will do, sadly, is stop all these, you know, signings. So we won't see where Trevor's story goes. We won't see where um, Kenley Jansen ends up. We won't see where this Japanese import ends up, um, Freddie Freeman, etc., Chris Bryant, Carlos Correa. Um, it's gonna kind of freeze transactions. So kind of gonna have to live with a uh, relive all those ones that you that that you saw and um and 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 kind of take a break from baseball that's why i'm kind of getting a segment in here because it might be a couple of months until we talk baseball again and the dalai lama gets to get on a soapbox but uh we we'll probably talk to you again in february if we get this lockout over with and maybe we'll have barnes on for a bucko preview edition Um, but it's kind of, you're kind of going to see a lull in the baseball season now. So I'll update everybody with any, any breaking news that happens with the CBA and former shows. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of the, the, the lay of the land right now, the state of the game in, 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 baseball. So, um, yeah, Bronson, I don't know if you had anything to add. If not, um, I wanted to throw it over to you for our next segment. Um, yeah. No, nothing else to add, Frank. You, you know, I, I didn't know what the lockout meant either myself. So, yeah,
0: like I said, guys, you know, basically I'm so a, Yeah, I'm, I'm just as so much of a listener and a fan as you are. So, uh, <laughs> so when Frank talks, I listen. I like to get clued in on what was going on. Now, but anyway, well, we moved from the diamond to to the ice rink, Frank, and the the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, they actually went on a little bit of a run. Uh, when we last recorded, remember the Penguins had been a little bit of dire straits there, uh, having lost three in a row. Uh, they lost to the Senators, the Capitals, and the Sabers. When we recorded last episode, they had put the smackdown on the Montreal Canadiens at the Bell Center, mm-hmm. um, behind a great shutout by Tristan Jari. And actually, he would continue that uh, a couple days after we would record on Saturday, uh, Hockey Night in Canada. They would go to um, the Scotia Bank Arena and play the uh, Ottawa or not Ottawa, the Toronto Maple Leafs um and Tristan Jari would get another shutout again Frankie Jeff Carter and Jake Gensel with the goal scorers in that game they beat Toronto 2-0 um and then they would go on this is the continuation of a little bit of a streak here Frankie um they would go on Monday night they go to Winnipeg to take on the Jets they win that game with a score of three to one goals by Jake Gensel Danton Heinen and Jason Zucker gets on the board for the Penguins um uh toninato uh gets on the board there for the the, the jets um uh, they hope they come back home to play the vancouver canucks which is ironic because when we record right now um saturday they will go to um i don't think it's, I don't think it's called gm motor's place anymore what's it called or rogers arena or rogers center or something like that. they'll play the canucks saturday but uh Couple weeks ago, they they hosted them at, at PPG Paints Arena, uh, but uh, Penguins won four to one. Uh, only uh, Canuck goal was by uh, Bo Horvat. Penguins got on the board. Brock McGinn, Zach Aston, Reese, Evan Rodriguez, and Brian Russell all score for the Penguins, and Tristan Dry would only allow one goal. So in three games, Frank, Tristan, they, the, the shutout streak finally. Well, he, they, he gave a goal in Win, uh, Winnipeg. So in a in four game stretch, Frankie. Uh Tristan Jari would only give up two goals. And then they would they would go to um uh whatever the uh the new Islander digs is, the UBS Center or something like that. Uh they would only need one goal, a a captain goal uh to beat the Islanders. Um and Sorokin was a goal for the Islanders. Tristan Jari gets his second shutout in five games. So they had a little bit of a streak going, Frankie uh unfortunately that would that would stop um so they would what, what one two three um a full five game winning streak with two shutouts by Tristan Jari they ultimately didn't want to give the net take the net away from Tristan Jari because he's been playing so well um but they were forced to kind of at least give him a rest they host the Canadians Saturday November 27th they put Casey Smith in it wasn't necessarily his fault but the team did not come to play They lost to the Montreal Canadiens. Frank, goals by Tyler Toffoli, Christian Dvorak, two goals by Josh Anderson, Jonathan Drouin, and, 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 and in as well for the Canadiens. Uh, Penguins get goals by Sidney Crosby. He, his first goal uh, returned back, Jeff Carter, um, and Edwin Rodriguez would score for the Penguins. And Rodriguez, even in these losses, Frank, still keeping that streak kind of going. Uh, the Penguins have just started the Canadian road trip, Frank. They would lose two to one to Montreal. Uh, that they would lose that in the shootout, and game they probably didn't deserve to go to the shootout with. To be quite honest, Tristan that kept them in that game. Um, uh, Penguins would get a goal. They get one goal actually. Uh, uh, Milan Lucic would score for Montre- or Montreal for Car- <laughs> Calgary. Jeez, Frank. Um, Milan Lucic would score for Calgary, and even though he was still in the league. Uh, we haven't heard too much of Milan Lucic. Um, but he's in Calgary, and he gets the goal there for uh, the uh, the Flames. Jake Gensel would score uh, on a deflected Crosby shot to tie the game up. They would go to overtime, Frank, where Tristan Jari would stand on his head. Um, they would go to the shootout and ultimately lose to uh, Calgary in the shootout. I'm trying to get uh, who would score who scored that shootout goal. Um, they would lose that game, Frank. Uh, last night, um, Wednesday night, we had uh, a, the NHL on TNT special. You got Crosby versus McDavid. I do admit I fell asleep uh, halfway through the game, but I had to wake up and watch the highlights on NHL Network. Uh, they did lose 5-2 to, to the Edmonton Oilers, Frank. Um, Penguins goals by Teddy Bluger, Jake Gensel, and then uh, the Oilers went on a little bit of a run. Uh, There's two Zach Hyman goals, a goal by Connor McDavid, obviously. Uh, Evan Bouchard and um, uh, well, oh, is it, is it Ka- Kaiman Yamamoto? I forget his first name, but I know Yamamoto. yeah, Kayler yeah, Kayla Yamamoto. Um, they would score goals and um, uh, Miko Koskinen would get the win there for Edmonton. And uh, so right now the Penguins zero for two on the Canadian Western swing there, Frankie. Um, they're hoping to get things back on track, as you like to say, the old the old get right they're hoping to get right a uh, Saturday night against the Kra- uh, the, the Canucks and then Monday night December uh, 6th the the Penguins will get their first shot at the expansion Seattle Kraken um and then the day after my birthday Friday they'll play they'll be at the Capitals and then they'll host the Ducks on Saturday so we attend a back to back get their Frank Friday and Saturday games there um more matchups against the Canadians and the Sabres. And then they, they had the Flyers on the 23rd. So they're seeing a lot, a lot of these same teams, Frank. Um, I think obviously to kind of wrap this up in uh, Tristan Jari had played really well. I, th- I thought even uh, other than the, the last night in Edmonton, even that loss to Calgary, uh, he, he's been phenomenal. And it's one of those things where they don't want, they don't want to take him out of the net because he's playing. So no, he's played hot Frank, but with the goaltender being as hot as Tristan Jari is, the penguins are at that point where they need to keep, they keep, they need to keep accumulating points and you don't want to leave that to chance. So you want to keep throwing Tristan Jari in there. Uh, but the last couple of nights, Frank, uh, the, the, the team itself has, has not been on, on course there. Um, I think everyone who thought that maybe Crosby was still the more premier player of Connor McDavid and guys like Leon Dreisettel kind of got their education last night. Frank since still, still one of the best players in the world, one of the best 200 foot player in the world, players in the world. But, um, I know Tortorella took some shots at Connor McDavid, saying, "You know, you know, he, he's great for highlight reels. He's great for YouTube, but he hasn't really done that in the playoffs." And feels that maybe Connor McDavid needs to adjust his game to get by in the playoffs. Same kind of with Drysaitel. And all Connor McDavid did last night, Frank, is have probably put on a clinic on both sides of the rink and and uh, was setting guys up. Uh, had a couple key takeaways and. Uh, uh, really, uh, I know Biz uh, Paul Bissonette said on TNT last night that uh, uh, he he might sp- spike Tortorella and try to win the Selkie Trophy this year, Connor <laughs> McDavid. Uh, but no, Frank, the Penguins a uh, little bit of a bump on the road, but they had a great uh, win streak there. Um, just wondering if you had any. Uh, uh, also, I mean, not to be not to be outdone, you know, Casper happened is starting to find the puck, find the net. His efforts being rewarded a little bit. Brian Russell a couple goals during that streak. His efforts started to be rewarded. And Frank Evan Rodriguez is still. Jake Entz was that point streak. Let's not forget that. Yeah. Jake Entz has got the point streak. And Evan Rodriguez, Frank is still kind of chugging along here, man. I mean, he he's us. Uh, he, no matter where you stick him in the lineup, he seems to try to find the back of the net. And uh, he did have a little bit of of star pedigree when he when he played with Jack Eichel at BU. Um, kind of fell off there, and now seems to kind of get back here. Maybe Pittsburgh has always been the place. I know. Uh, there it was known that they did not want to give him up in the Caspery Capitan trade when he came to Toronto back to Pittsburgh. And apparently, I don't know if it was Yoey or Rossi or someone said that they were absolutely flabbergasted that Toronto didn't give Rodriguez a, a qualifying offer or anything, and they just let him walk away and came back to the Penguins and never since then, you know, he's here. But um, just your, 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 uh, your recap of what's going on with the Penguins, and then um, I'll probably take a little bit of a skate around the league and let everyone know what's going on.
1: Yeah, uh, Bronson has been – you know, lately they've been streaky. Um, I really – you know, I was excited about that win streak myself, the five-game win streak where Jari was lights out, three shutouts in a five-game span. Um, he played all five games. Um, so you you wonder about him kind of getting tired. So they throw it to Smith in last Saturday night, um, and they lose, you know, essentially four, three to two. Um, and there was a bunch of empty netters late in that game. Um So the Smith allows three. Not great. Um, Teamed it kind of was flat Saturday night. I think they thought they'd show up and win against a bad Montreal team. And that kind of starts a skid. Um, You know, they they have another Western Canada. They have another – that old Western Canada-Seattle trip now. And um, the Calgary game, they had no business getting a point. So I'm kind of like, eh. Um, The shootout was a little depressing because – um, Carter, Rodriguez, and McGinn, I think, all had chances to win it. Um, couldn't convert. And then uh, Calgary finally got their goal, and, uh, and we couldn't match it. But um, they stole a point late. There was about They were down one nothing with like five minutes to go, and they got the late marker. Um, and Edmonton going into that house, I mean, a tough place to play with McDavid and dry sidled at home. Um, Penguins were out shooting them 24-9. to It was 2-2. Penguins had a 2-1 lead in this game um it was you know middle midway like kind of 15 16 minutes left in the third uh edmonton gets the goal to go up 3-2 and i was kind of worried and then they get that crazy two on one with mcdavid he just he is so dynamic um so fast um just backs defensemen off. um this the speed and the skill and this two on ones you just know they're going to score and he's you know, they go up 4-2 and, um, you know, I think probably added an empty net or I turned it off. But um Penguins kind of, I like that they outshot them. Um, they got a lot of chances. The Blue goal was nice. The Gensel goal was nice. Um, Gensel's with Red Hot. Um, you know, maybe they go and, uh, they you know, they have a couple days off now. Kind of get get the body rested. Um they they have you know they don't play again until Saturday. They go into Vancouver and Seattle. Those two teams have struggled this year, so maybe the Penguins get back on track. I'm sure DeSmith Smith might get one of those games. Um, I anticipate him getting the the Canucks game, just because Jari kind of had a rough night against the uh, the Oilers. But uh, then again, Jari might might uh, lobby to get right back in there, so he, so he doesn't uh, you know so he can get it off of his mind. Um, but um. You know, I would see, I could see them splitting those two games, um, but uh, yeah, the penguins have been streaky. Um, they luckily the Metro, um, the team. There's, there's kind of been teams going through struggles as well. Um, the Islanders, the Flyers uh, have lost seven and eight in a row, respectively. Yeah. Um, nobody knows what to think of the Islanders. A, whole, a new building <laughs> this year, um, back-to-back years in the final four. Um, What the heck's going on there? Um, The Flyers aren't the Flyers anymore. Talk about the Steelers in an identity crisis. Um, Somebody on the fan today was talking about, uh, I I thought it might have missed breaking news, Bronson, but they haven't let Vigneault go yet, have they?
0: No. That's right now. Look, the Flyers have not seen.
1: Starkey and Cook were talking about, you know, Vigneault has to be the next coach on his way out because – the Flyers have lost their identity, their accountability, their toughness, their broad street bullies mentality. And, you know, they were mentioning they need to um, a guy right behind you right now. Um, if you turn around, Bronson, uh, Talk. <laughs> that, Yeah, um, that should be the guy they target. Uh, that's kind of funny timing that that's on your screen behind us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But that's a guy that if they if they fire Vigneault, pluck him from the TNT uh, broadcast and a former flyer, uh, tough guy. No, no, it doesn't get any tougher as they show him with the jaw, the, oh, the broken yeah. jaw. But um, oh. that would be a prime candidate there. But um, and then the the Jackets and the Devils both struggling. So this, the Penguins sit top four right now still. Now, those teams all have games in hand on the pens. So yeah. we'll see how, but right now the penguins sit in a wild card spot. Shockingly, um, you know, cause Boston struggled in the other division. That's a team you yeah. thought would be good as well. So I think the East might kind of stay wide open If the penguins. Like I will beat the dead horse with it. Bronson, if they tread water until they get Malkin back, <laughs> is what I've been saying. You know, you've been saying, it. I, I've been saying play 500 hockey. I realize that you got to be better than that. Um, you you can't just play 500 hockey and, and stay in the playoff hunt, but they gotta, you know, win two two out of three, win three out of four, you know, stay stay pretty steady, win the games you should win. Um, you know, I, I had mentioned that they, you know, they were they were going through a rough stretch where they were losing to like the Devils, the Sabers, the, uh, the Senators. I was like, eh, you know, I don't know if they played the Devils yet, but they they were definitely losing to like Buffaloes and Ottawas, and I was like getting worried, so. You gotta win those games. You should win. Um, yeah, if you lose that in Edmonton, um, if you lose, you know, some some of the tougher games, um not gonna beat beat them up over that. But um Gino, another good sign is, is practicing. He's skating. It's non contact jersey. I did but, see that. I mean, if his problem was the knee, he had surgery on the knee. So if he's out there skating Um, You remember when Sid was skating with the wrist, everybody's like, well, big deal. It's a wrist. Of course he can skate. But Maul can be in a knee and Maul can be in a knee surgery and skating is a good sign that maybe he'll be back before Christmas as predicted. So maybe we see him in two weeks. Um, We'll have to see. But uh, he's traveling with the team and and practicing non-contact jersey. Um, Jari is not going to stay this hot. I just think it's, you know, it's, it's uh, in last night kind of might have been the, You know, even though it was Edmonton, you can't really blame him. Might have been kind of the comeback to earth. Uh, I don't know if Jory's going to stay top 10 in goals allowed and save percentage like he sits right now. Um, I would like to see that. Um, Gosh, in that five-game stretch, he was starting to get Olympic team buzz. Like a little bit premature there um, with his big game uh, kind of um, resume not being up to snuff. Um, I don't see him being an option for Team Canada I look at Carter Hart, who's kind of researched Jordan Bennington, Mark Andre Fleury. Um, there's a lot of options for Team Canada. Carey Price, if he gets back and going, um, uh, Darcy Kempfer, an option there. Yeah. Um, but uh, but no, I, I root for Jars, and I hope he I hope he stays hot. I, I would love to see him invest in a top ten save percentage, top ten. Uh, goals allowed I love goalies and I used to, and I know you do and I used to be a, a Murray guy I bought a Murray jersey um, I was
0: actually going to start covering that in a second
1: Yeah, so g- great transition by me and I you know Mar- Murray was a guy in the AHL and in Sault Ste. Marie that was like putting up uh, You know video game goals against and save percentages and I thought it would translate in the NHL and we would have a, a Stud goaltender in this Crosby Malkin Letang window and he did get us two cups uh, in his rookie years, but uh, it's uh, I'll let you jump into it to kind of the fall yeah. of Matt lately. It's kind of sad. Frankie,
0: Frankie jumped on you. Yeah, I was, well, we were going to take a skate around the NHL and Frank actually covered the top two stories I was going to cover. So uh, Frank was already on it. He see this. Is, well, no, it's, it's fine. Frankie. It's telepathy.
1: have yeah, It's a telepathy. Telepathy.
0: Exactly. Absolutely. Um, before we get into all this, by the way, yeah, yeah. Vinny is yet to be released by, uh by the or let go by the philadelphia uh flyers frank also thinking about this too if if elaine Vigneault does go will uh mike yo and uh, M- michael Terry go with him because he's part of that staff there with them so they're the assistants on that staff so um they could also be uh, going there as well with him as well um chicago blackhawks frank trade uh malcolm suban to the buffalo Sabers. Hey. So I don't know if he's been if that's a way to be sentenced to exile, pretty much for yeah. for Subban. But maybe he'll get a better chance to play more games there. So I hope Malcolm Subban uh, uh, maybe gets a little more time at Buffalo, and maybe not maybe not beat the Penguins. I'd be okay if he didn't beat yeah. the Penguins. But uh, speaking of coaches that were f- uh, uh, let go, um, I think what everyone everyone in Montreal was gone, right? Or was it just Bergevin? Mark Bergevin, the GM, was fired. Um, now let uh, me
1: step down.
0: Yeah, well, well, yeah, he, yeah, whatever you want to put it. Mark Bergeron yeah. is no longer the uh, the GM of the of the Montreal Canadiens. They uh, they took uh, my uh, doppelganger Jeff Gordon away from the ESPN uh, uh, studio, and uh, he is now vice president of hockey operations. Probably will oversee uh, everything as going forward. Frank, um, I don't know how things look with the coaching situation in Montreal. I know a lot of a couple outside sources, a lot of uh, rogue sources, saying that maybe Mon- the Canadians would reach out to Patrick Waugh uh, to oh. be the coach of Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, uh, yeah wow. it would be a name
1: just to get Whole a name circle as, as as poorly as that ended in ninety six. So
0: maybe he would be a guy that comes in there for sure. Uh, also, what I'm hearing too, Frankie, is that uh, with Bergevin's, uh release in Montreal. Um, Chicago could very well use him the the plug in the, the the gap there with uh, Stan Bowman st- uh, stepping down um, or being relieved due to do the you know obviously the Kyle Beach um, uh, you know allegations and things like that. but um so Bergerman might be might be heading over to Chicago. Um, and he was around the franchise around that time, but it, but uh Bergerman was exonerated. Uh, per
1: the investigation. Rock, so. Ross is advocating for this guy to be hired. <laughs> yeah,
0: the picture with me at the 2012 NHL draft with Patrick Waugh. Uh, I still <laughs> I still have hair in that picture, which is great. <laughs> I still have hair in that picture. Uh, but what Frank mentioned, uh, going across the, the province there, and we're talking about Toronto, but going to Ottawa. Yeah, Frank Um, Frank kind of teased it to you. Um, The two-time Stanley Cup uh, uh, goaltending uh, winning. Yeah, let's talk it. Three, two, one action the two-time the two-time stanley cup champion goaltender matt murray who, who won those both with pittsburgh he's also the first goalie in nhl history to win two stanley cups as a rookie um obviously we know how the end uh meant for matt murray here he was uh was was jettisoned over to the ottawa uh, senators for uh draft picks a prospect john gruden not to say that but um anywho Frank, uh, since Matt Murray's been there, a lot of the stuff that has plagued him uh, in Pittsburgh has plagued him in Ottawa, Frank. Uh, poor performance, uh, a lot of the unable to really stay on the ice, uh, running into some injuries. And Ottawa's kind of at their at probably one of the lowest points that they've ever been in their uh, quote-unquote rebuild. Um, they just aren't getting it from the goaltending. And if they have gotten it from the goaltending, it's been from the other former, uh, I guess, Penguins prospect, uh, Philip Gustafson um so frank the the ottawa senators did what maybe a couple years ago we thought would be unthinkable they placed matt murray on waivers um he did go unclaimed and so now he's down in their ahl affiliate in belleville uh so they're hoping maybe uh back to basics frank you know you know back back to his roots and kind of Maybe figure out what, what seems to be plaguing him. Maybe they can you know, maybe try to salvage what what's left of the. Uh, and, and you hate to say that about Matt Murray because he's still in his mid twenties, so there's a lot of year, a lot of potential hockey left in him. Um, but uh, very, you know, I'm a Matt Murray fan. You know that uh, I've always, you know, met him as a good dude. But uh, very sad to you know, see Matt, you know, Mus kind of go through that. And yes, he's making a ton of money to be down there, but. Uh, I thought maybe he could have a, a chance to kind of uh, a rebirth there in Ottawa and it just it just hasn't it hasn't worked and maybe a lot of it has to do with the the structure of the organization but um uh, that they, they switched goalie coaches there in Ottawa too they put Zach Bierka in there they, they fired the one that was there before so they've tried everything they, they could to, to to fix Matt Murray's game but it just it isn't there Frank and the team isn't there and um so yeah they've uh they've sent them down to the american hockey league and hopefully that maybe they can try to salvage whatever they can out of that um so we'll keep you posted as that situation develops as well um frank was already kind of mentioning what was happening in the metro the islanders have uh uh, i don't think anyone would thought the islanders would have been last place i think i thought we would have had them at least in the, the the top three or top four there carolina frank since we last recorded has come down to earth a little bit although they are still excuse me 15 6 and 1 the rangers frank have have stepped out as a as a as a um as a juggernaut team you know playing you know capo caco alexis lafreniere uh adam fox on defense igor shesterkin playing amazing hockey and goal for them um the capitals at the top though frank and that's behind uh I mean, a lot of factors there, and you know, um, but Alex oveshkin's still lighting the lamp up. Frank, I mean, yeah. <laughs> if, if he's going to slow down, I haven't seen it yet because he's, oh, yeah. he's, he's putting it together. Uh, Penguins sitting at fourth in the Metro with Columbus behind. Um, the Devils just gave uh, Jack um, Jack Hughes a huge ex- long term extension, so uh, Jack Hughes will be a, a, a Devil for the foreseeable future. Uh, we won't have to worry about him hitting the UFA. Now uh, going over to the Atlantic, Florida, Frank's still out in front. Um Toronto's right there with him though, Frankie. Uh Toronto's right there with him. And Austin Matthews, he shaved the mustache, but the the, the skill in the hands and the and the and the razzle dazzle is still there. He he had a big night last night against Colorado. Uh, and so Austin Matthews, I, I put I posted it in a post on my hockey blog, Frank. Yeah, yeah, Austin Matthews is just sickening. He's utterly sickening. And I mean that in all the greatest of ways, uh, you know, he's a kid that really makes me excited for, if we can get things going, uh, for, for China, for the, uh, the Olympics,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I like him doing big things for the U S a day, um, and pool for Austin Matthews, Tampa Bay, still sitting around there. Frank Detroit, don't look down Detroit fourth in the, in the Atlantic. Hey, ahead of teams like Boston and obviously Buffalo, Montreal, Ottawa, not very good teams. Um, uh the bruins have kind of fell off a little bit too uh you know uh, carter hutton and uh, goal there for or I'm, I'm sorry linus olmark is in goal there for uh for boston lucas raymond won the nhl rookie of the month and he's a big he's a big pivotal role behind the wings uh uh rise here they're 12-9-3 on the year fourth in the atlantic going west frank the minnesota wild number 1 billy garen gm got the club going there the St. Louis Blues hanging around in second, Colorado in third, the Preds in fourth. Um, only about only two points separate uh, fourth from second. Uh, the Stars, uh, Winnipeg has kind of dropped off a little bit, and uh, Chicago uh, still kind of they had a couple a little bit of winning streak there, but they've kind of cooled down as well. And Arizona uh, last in there in the uh, the Central, and the Pacific. Frank, the Edmonton Oilers. With calgary right there frank the battle of alberta is not only and you know on the ice but in the standings uh the ducks have kind of come around a little bit i know uh there were rumors whether john gibson was going to be traded i know he came out publicly and said he didn't want to go anywhere he wants to stay with his team he wants to see it through with these young guys like sam Steele w- with 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 um with trevor zegras um he wants to, he wants to see the, with these young cats see what they can get to get, get going together there uh, the San Jose Sharks, Frank, uh, winning games and uh, they were not picked to do very well this year. But of all people, Frank, uh, James Reimer, the goaltender, there keeping them and keeping them in balance there in San Jose. Uh, the Golden Knights, uh, minus Mark Andre Fleury, and they're twelve and ten, a couple games over there. Uh, the Kings, the Kings, are the Kings are kind of benefiting from their. They had a kind of a little bit of a hot start to open this season. They're starting to come back down to earth a little bit here, Frank. Um, and uh, the Vancouver Canucks, them last, Frank, is the they play the Penguins, although they're tied for last. They have the the Kraken have the the winning the winning tiebreaker here, but the Kraken seventh. So, uh, Vancouver and Seattle, the pit and the next two opponents for the Penguins, um, uh, going on that front as well. But no, Frank, uh, and of course, like uh, Correo Capri's off another uh, uh, highlight real goal the other night, so he, he just he's. He's uh, not, not stopping at all. Uh, and just a tremendous talent. He is. Take a little skate around the NHL in terms of uh, points. Leon Draisaitl leading it. Um, Draisaitl, McDavid, and Ovechkin. Um, Nazem Kadri with 30. There's a drop-off there. It says 41, 40, 38. Dreisaitl, McDavid, Ovechkin uh, consecutively. Stamkos is up there, Frank. Kirill the Thrill, 25 points, as is Johnny Gaudreau and Michael Granlin. And Troy Terry, another young guy on the Mighty Ducks, we forgot to mention. Uh, Yeah,
1: Yeah, he's lighting it
0: up. Yeah, world junior fame. So pardon me for not mentioning him. Uh, In terms of goaltenders, Frank, Jake Ottinger uh, for the Dallas Stars. In terms of goals against average, he leads the league in that. With uh, your boy, um, Darth Vladar in (laughs) Calgary. Uh, Joseph the Bull and Wool (laughs) in Toronto. Uh, with Campbell there and Mar- and Jacob Markstrom's been phenomenal this year, Frank. Mm-hmm. I think Vancouver might have regretted maybe letting him walk a couple years ago, considering what they've had to go through. He season.
1: almost shut out the Penguins twice. We got that late one.
0: Oh, I know, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. He's been he's been gangbusters against the Penguins. Mm-hmm. Um, Frederick Anderson doing big things in Carolina, as his Rhymer in San Jose. Andre Vasilevsky, Igor Shasturkin, and of course starting with Tristan Jari, who's your goaltending, your GAA boys. Ottinger, Vladar, Campbell. It's basically the same list and uh, save percentage. Uh, Bobrovsky snuck in there, as is Stuart Skinner of uh the Oilers. Um and uh Jacob Marshall Frank, far and away, the NHL leader in shutouts with five. Uh Tristan Jari has three. He's tied with Jack Campbell, Elias Sorokin, and Elias Samsonov so uh, an american boy and two russians there uh your boy darth vladar with two of calgary andre vasilevsky with two um jake allen holding the seat warm in montreal for carry as two there and uh, igor shesterkin and joseph the the bull and wool uh with the shutout there uh adam fox back at his lead in terms of defensemen with headman he's actually tied with headman and john carlson kale mccarr of course you know he's going to be up there uh, Ekblad, Josie, Quinn Hughes, Tony D'Angelo, Frank, we chronicled that a couple episodes ago. Yeah,
1: resurgence, yeah.
0: The resurgence of Tony D'Angelo in Redemption Carolina. Redemption story. Yeah, Mir, uh, Mira Heiskanen in Dallas, and Seth Jones in Chicago. So there's your top defense defenseman there. Um, I already mentioned Lucas Raymond. He is leading the rookie points with Trevor Segrist, Michael uh, Bunting, uh, Mort Sider, Dawson Mercer, Jamie Drysdale, Tanner Jonat, Janat, uh, Bowen, uh, Bowen Byram, uh, Rem Pitlick, and, uh, Jonathan Dolan, um, Raymond leading a goals and, uh, Sider in assist with, with Raymond second tune and uh, Zgris is there. So th- th- this rookie race, Frank, is going to be, you know, probably going to be the Raymond and Zgris show maybe bunting and more cider kind of creeping up. Oh, Dawson Mercer too, with, with the New Jersey, do not sell him short as well, but, um, a lot of young talent coming through the NHL for sure. And uh, Adam Fox. I mean, I think, I think your 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 uh, your Norris is probably going to be him. Uh, maybe Hedman. And I think Kale McCarr has to be. I mean, yeah. I think I think this is the start of many 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 a uh, uh, Norris nomination for Kale McCarr. Uh, I think I've uh, always been high on him. And uh, we just need to get Jacob Markstrom cooled off here a little bit, Frank. He's starting to scare me. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but now Frank, that's a little skate around the NHL. Anything else I mentioned? Uh, the Murray thing I wanted to mention. Uh, I mentioned the Beresman thing. Um, I
1: have I have one one nugget that I think you yeah. wanted to mention. Um, some Jersey news, and I'm oh, a,
0: thank you. Yes,
1: yeah, and I'm a big fan. And this one broke during our show, Bronson. The Winter Classics. Oh, uh, well, oh I hate the
0: Nashville one. It says it's Smashville. So I know.
1: So this is Stadium Campus Series. For those of you just listening, I'm showing Bronson the Tampa Lightning and Nashville Predators jerseys for the Stadium oh Series gosh. at at uh, at uh, what's the name of the field your friend was just at in Nashville Nissan Stadium?
0: Yeah, Nissan Stadium.
1: So that'll be the the Stadium season, the first outdoor game. in it's uh, funny
0: because it's Nissan Stadium, and then the Nissan has a truck called the Titan.
1: So oh yeah. And then, and then the other news, Bronson in and in Jersey, and this one snuck up on me because I was wondering, when are the Penguins going to start wearing the gold jersey? And now I kind of know why it was $45 at uh, the Lemieux Complex because it's getting retired, and the Penguins have a new third jersey. Um, and to Penguins fans' delight, uh, the d- diagonal Pittsburgh 90s black jersey is back with a vengeance. So I'll let you go into that a little bit. Whoa, 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 whoa hold on what's up <laughs> i know what brunson's looking up gin and juice by <laughs> <laughs> nope. every time i hear
0: that gin and juice <laughs> his is. dog actually wearing the wearing that jersey <laughs> frank's looking the picture up i know he is
1: now i'm still looking at these tampa bay threats i do like those. The... <laughs>
0: so so yes the the diagonal mid-90s pittsburgh at pittsburgh penguin jerseys will make a return maybe snoop dogg will show up to a game and wear <laughs> one um but yeah i know the fans are really like those jerseys i know frank and i are more of a fan of the robo penguin jerseys we're hoping maybe they'll get a chance to come back at some point but i do like these jerseys better than the reverse retros they had last year I was not a fan of the reverse retros a little bit
1: bland, yeah
0: very bland and so at least if they're gonna bring them back at least bring this version back they did yeah. do that I still want to find one of those yellow penguin jerseys, Frank. I'm sure you can get them cheap on the net somewhere. I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. grab one eventually. There's, I do like those versions there, but too. But um, no, yeah, Frank. Uh, we're big jersey buffs, and um, I did tell Frank I wanted to mention that on the show. So I'm glad he allowed me the opportunity to do that so uh the penguins um they have then go on penguins.com or on their social media they do have a schedule when they're going to wear those jerseys yeah they'll so, you debut
1: know. december 11th and they go on <laughs> december 16th at dick's right. um they'll be available at uh the penguins team store in ppg ppg paints arena uh on the 12th so a little bit earlier if you want to grab one but dick sporting goods uh december 16th if uh you're looking for some holiday ideas uh they'll probably put you back 200 bucks but uh maybe 180 for the replicas i think around 180 so i don't know if i'll be uh diving in on that quite yet because honestly i don't have anywhere to wear it um so Uh it's like it'll sit in my closet as like you know i haven't worn a jersey anywhere since like the the 2017 cup run back when like i was going to sports bars for the games but like i really i haven't even thrown on like i said i sold my murray because of his kind of downfall and trade. I have a Black Crosby Fanatics version, and I kind of don't. It's not, it, the Fanatics versions are like kind of really replica. Yeah. Um, so I don't love it, but that's the only one I have. I have that. a
0: Murray Stadium Series one. I kept it
1: because I'm a yeah. member. So I kept it. I, I, I sold it, Bronson. I, 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 uh, I sold out and got what I could for for it on eBay. I kind of – I should have kept it to try to get him to sign it someday because he is a two-time cup winner, but I don't think we'll, he'll, he'll ever I still have
0: there. the – I still have the Jerome McGinley jersey I got when he got traded here. I still – I refuse to get rid I of it. I bought
1: the shirt. I was like, I'm going T-shirt because he's a rental. But um, I regret not getting Gensel. I was like, man, I should have got – for my white, I should have got Gensel or Rust, but – I, I I love goalies and I loved Murray and now talk me out of getting a Jari because hopefully while well, I I no, hope he's here for a while. Hey, I mean I was one of
0: those guys that said this week when this Murray news broke, I said if Ottawa would eat at least half that contract, I
1: consider bringing him back as a number two. I know. It's, I was thinking if yeah, if the contract, but that that would probably not make Jari happy, like having to kind of split. With no, no, him. you you define it as he is the number two. Right, right. I know, but uh, you know, he, you know poor jari had to look over his shoulder with the flurry rumors and then i would hate to see that that too yeah, but i, 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 I they, thought about it too i honestly thought somebody was definitely going to claim him. like i thought you know they
0: might doesn't he have to go through reentry waivers if he comes back yeah, that's true. I,
1: I thought buffalo who like you said just got Ban. um but you know teams out there looking for like uh, arizona coyotes like you never yeah. like, why not take a shot because they even have the cap room but um no, maybe there's time for him, but uh, yeah. Speaking of jerseys, I uh, my Steeler collection. I'm worried. My latest Steeler get was a was a Minka, a white Minka, and, oh, yeah. and not, he's not the turnover machine anymore. He's like <laughs> he's barely a factor, and now he's going to be trying to get TJ Watt money, and we actually might trade him in the offseason. season. So I'm bummed about that. I did ask Santa Claus uh, for a TJ Watt. Uh, black throw black throwback black number so Ooh. or block block
0: block number
1: so i'm hoping that that's under my tree on christmas instead of a lump of coal um but uh so my 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 latest i still have a classic ben black that you know he'll re- hopefully retire a Steeler, and that one will always be good i have a james connor color rush which because he's a pit guy i'm still gonna have and wear yeah. Um and those are the color rush that came out that actually have like soft numbers. They're like screen printed, and I actually like that. It's like easier to wear, but yeah. um, it was actually like cheaper and it's actually more comfortable. But I'm 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 hopefully going to be getting a Watt. Um, but Steeler wise, like what player do you get other than Watt? The like maybe a Najee Harris, um, yeah. is a is a hot seller. But um, yeah, and Penguins wise, if you're if you're not getting a Sid or a Gino these days or a Latang. Um. Are you getting a? A lot of people maybe asking for a Jake Gensel um, yeah. under under the tree as well. But um. But no. That's funny. That's a fun way to wrap up hockey talk, Bronson. Um, nice segment there. Yeah. And um, um, and um. Yeah. So it was
0: good. To get a little table skier on the NHL. And then uh. I mean, I could transition over to what then our next subject is. But I'll just you know, I'll just play the theme song of your ACC Coastal Champions. <laughs> your pit panthers led by pit. <laughs> led by the golden arm of one kenny pickett and uh i've been voting every day for the heisman and the fans get a vote on that and i've been voting get out there early vote vote early vote often for kenny pickett i have been frank's been slacking though he told me he's, he's, he's got to get on and start for kenny yeah. pickett so there you go frank you recap the next two weeks of uh Last two weeks of pit football, which luckily has been good. Um, we were waiting for the for the for the uh, for the the the, la- the shoe to drop, but um, luckily they were able to uh, avo- to uh, avoid that. And uh, right now, uh, Pitt Pitt is the ACC Coastal champions. They will play Wake Forest uh, this upcoming Saturday in the in the ACC title game. Frank,
1: yeah, it's exciting time to be a Pitt fan. We've kind of waited our whole lives for this, and you know all the years of pitting and that stupid verb that hopefully will kind of be backburnered for a while now. Um, The last four decades of pit football, really, if you look back, I mean, Bronson and I have been following it for two decades. Um, But kind of futility and mediocrity for, for four decades. I mean, very sad, the 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s. Um, After the Marino and Dorsett and Hugh Green and Bill Fralick and Jimbo Covert days, um, very lean years of 500 football, no conference titles, no big bowl games. They'd luck into a 2005 Fiesta Bowl where Alex Smith and, and Urban Meyer and the Utah Utes, you know, blew their doors off. Um, 2009, they got to a a nine win season in a Meineke car care bowl, uh, appearance against North Carolina and winning that and going 10 and three, um, no 10 win seasons in the regular season since 1981 in, in that golden era. So 40 years without 10 win seasons, you know, Alabama and, um, you know, Georgia and Notre Dame and Ohio State are winning 10, 12, 11, 12 every year. Um, Pitt hasn't won double digits in 40, but Bronson, they finally put it together and win their final two. I know you and I, you, you tempered me. You said calm down because I was getting a little bit too high and I vowed to not get too high or too low on Pitt. But I got low this year after Western Michigan, and it was the lowest of lows. You know, I had my dad over for the game. It was like the, the one of the few games we watched together, and it was a complete, you know, a complete laying of an egg. And Pitt loses to Mac School Western Michigan, and I'm like, you know what? It's Kenny Pickett. It's Narduzzi's seventh year. He's a defensive guru. They allowed forty seven points to them, like or forty five points. This this is the lowest of the low of Pitt's program. I admit I was talking about the fire Narduzzi at that point. Like I was, you know, part of being a fan is being fanatical and you, you can make, that's what a fan is short for fanatic, but let's, like, and I, you know, I got a little bit fanatic. I, I was so down on Narduzzi as a lot were and experts were, um, and, you know, boy, did they write the ship and win. you know, they did what they had to and won their next four. And I told you, I said, you know what, if they rebound from this and and win out going into Clemson, they're going to be ranked again. And it's going to be a kind of a buzz here with Clemson coming. And, you know, maybe they'll just put that early season st- stubbing of the toe against Western Michigan behind them. Well, did they ever? Um, they win that Clemson game to get to five, you know, five wins in a row and get to seven and one. Or I think they were um, ranked in the top 20. Yeah, they they you know they stubbed their toe again against Miami. Uh, Miami, you know, a better team than Western Michigan. Nothing to be too ashamed about. A a, a conference game, you know, they're, they're always tight. So yeah, you know, seven and two, um, you know, not not the end of the world. Um, still ranked, I think, 25th. Um, and, and Bronson, you know, after that they stormed to a finish. And I give Narduzzi credit for, you know. Rebounding from that loss and taking care of business against Duke, North Carolina, Virginia, and Syracuse. They went out and they go 10 and 2, Bronson. Um, I was telling you on the show, you know, well, you know, if they went out, you know, and you were like, you know, they're, we were both agreeing that, yeah, they'll probably lose to North Carolina or Virginia, one of those two. They're gonna to have to be scratching and clawing for the coastal. It's gonna come down to tiebreakers.
0: If it didn't rain in spill on Thursday night, they would have lost to North Carolina.
1: That's true. <laughs> like we we talked about, the heavens opening up and Pitt getting the ball first, and Mac Brown should have, you know, taken the ball first. Yeah. Look, if he looked at the radar app on his phone. But yeah, but uh, we got the rain just in time. Lucas Crawl scored, and then the the rain helped Pitt's defense. That was a win. But I told you. That that's poetic justice for like the Western Michigan loss or the Miami loss. You know, you just kind of <laughs> gotta, you you gotta usually even those out every year. And Bronson, right now, there's Pit fans on social media saying they should be twelve and zero in the playoff. Well, you know what? It, yeah, they lost by three to Western Michigan and by four to Miami, both like late in the fourth quarter. Yes, technically, they are like. One possession away from being 12 and 0 And in the playoff But like really this team doesn't feel like they're good enough To be in the playoff they, real. Like, like yeah, yeah. 10 and you're two them is ahead th- of
0: Cincinnati You're putting them ahead of like yeah. I mean I love Pitt, don't be wrong You no. know I love Pitt Are you really ranking them ahead of like? If they, let's see theoretically they, they beat Miami And they beat Western Michigan You're really, you're really going to put them ahead of Cincinnati uh,
1: it's, it's really fun to think about Bronson Because a 12 and 0 ACC Power 5 team honestly in the college football playoff ranking would probably be at fourth or fifth. They would be ahead of Oklahoma state, Notre Dame and right yeah, there. Would, probably. They'd be there. It's, it is crazy to think about, but we don't have to, cause they lost the games and they, they're a <laughs> team. They probably should have lost to North Carolina. They probably could have lost to Virginia. Um, there are some tight ones. Uh, they could have lost a Tennessee game. So, you yeah. know what? I am just going to say, I am signing in blood for a 10 and two year. That's what, that's what they are. They're ranked 15th now, which is really respectable. Um, they have their favorite against wake, you know, I'm kind of glad they didn't get Clemson again because beating Clemson twice and Clemson starting to round into form. Um, and I kind of really didn't even want NC state cause they kind of gave us fits last year and, yeah, you know, Wake You, is a you great... said
0: in text, right? You said you said if you
1: you can give me the ten wins, I'm okay with right. it. Right. So ten and two, ranked fifteenth, a shot at the ACC title, which we'll preview now Saturday night. Um, Wake Forest, the Atlantic champion, seven and one in the league. Pitt, the Coastal champion, seven and one in the league. Uh, both teams ten and two overall, so very very evenly matched. Dave Clawson, coach of the year in the ACC, well deserved. A lot of people probably thought it has have been Narduzzi, but Dave Clawson's brought this Wake Forest team from like a three and eight or three and nine football team to like the coastal champ or Atlantic champs. And, you know, great turnaround there. Claussen's name, he was already bandied about, you know, leaving for one of those bigger jobs. So a lot of people had him going to Virginia Tech in the same conference, but they hired a Penn State defensive coordinator, Paul Fry. But um, so Colossus sticking around in Wake for now. And he's ACC coach of the year. And Sam Hartman um, is – just as good as kenny pickett he's right there i mean he's a, a stud quarterback in the acc with with a uh, first second round draft pick potential so this is going to be a track meet they predict 71 and a half 72 points so like a you know 38 uh, 38 35 type game um it could even be higher than that this could be first you know the first of 50. um <laughs> North Carolina, Wake's only uh, Wake one of Wake's two losses this year to North Carolina was fifty eight fifty five, so they play those kind of track meet games like Pitt likes to get into. Um, one thing that worries me is if Pitt gets behind. I, I don't like them as a, as a catch up team. So I really, because, you know, Pitt tends to be slow starters. And if they have some three and outs and, you know, Wake goes up 10, 14, nothing, I don't know if Pitt can, you know, I think the pressure would, would get the Pitt. And if they start going, you know, some three and outs or turn the ball over and, you know, find themselves. It's down like 20 to six or something at the half. It's going to, it's it could get ugly. So Pitt's just got to like get an early lead. I hope they get the, I hope they get the coin toss and, and go down and score or, you know, defer and get a three and out and score on their first trip and just set the tone because um, I I don't like them chasing the game. Um, they have to get pressure on Hartman is going to be a key. And Pitt's D line has done that this year. They've kind of been bend but not break. Um, like like the Steelers of the last couple of years when the Steelers were good, um, that bend but not break defense, um, and they do get pressure. Savasier so Dennis um, is always kind of in the backfield, um, so yeah, the defense is going to be key. Which defense can slow down you know the stud quarterback the most? Um, Kenny Pickett getting the Heisman buzz, uh, you know, a couple more games to prove it and and get his draft stock in the first round solidified. He's going to be. Um, you know, pumped up for this game. You know, it's not like you're going in to play Juggernaut Clemson like in twenty sixteen when they kinda you know lucked into that coastal title. Um, you know, they were a seven and six team. <laughs> Um, but got the coastal title seven and five. They, they went into that game seven and five. Clemson blew blew him blew out of the water 42 10. Um, Pickett was awful in that game. I think uh, only completed eight passes for like 50 yards. Um, so he remembers that game. He doesn't want another poor showing uh, under the big stage. I think he's going to light it up for kind of his first big national audience of the year um, to, to show what he's got. And show people that the hype is real so I look for Pitt and Pickett to have a big offensive game slow down Hartman enough and I think Pitt has a shot to win it which would be great Bronson it would get them to 11 and 2 with a lot of teams idle not playing in conference title games um, they should leapfrog um, Iowa if they lose to Michigan they could leapfrog an idle BYU and they could, I think they could end up 11th or 12th in the in this in the final college football playoff uh, rankings uh, with a win here Bronson. So could you ever imagine this pit team being talked about as a top 10 team? It hasn't happened since that 09 team that had the you know the, the, the heartbreaker to Cincinnati. Um, you know once that's final year there with Doran Dickerson and everybody um, that tough 4544 loss with the missed extra point for the Big East title. Um, Pitt was, Pitt was ranked as high as eighth in that game. Cincinnati was fifth. Um, so Pitt, Pitt uh, knocking on the top 10 door um, with a win here in the ACC, a, a nice trophy to bring back to Oakland, uh, a nice t-shirt for all of us to be able to buy um, a ban- <laughs> a banner to hang at Heinz Field. Like, I really hope they do win Saturday because getting there is something and it's exposure for recruiting and yeah, your coastal champs, but you know you winning the afc championship and losing the super bowl sucks like you really want to win this acc title game saturday i really have my hopes up that they can you know just slow down sam hartman enough to get a w and that what that turns into also bronson is a is a new year six bowl game which I was, is what I, I was just gonna say another thing I, I couldn't see Pitt you know ever getting and you know Kind of sadly, it's going to be the Peach Bowl probably, which is not my favorite bowl. But because the Orange Bowl is taken by the 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 semifinal this year, uh, Pitt won't be able to go to the Orange Bowl. That would have been fun, just because that's a the Orange Bowl's like got a lot of um, prestige. The Peach Bowl is a pretty big bowl too, but it's in that dome in Atlanta, um, which I like to see outdoor grass painted. you know outdoor stadium all that's kind of popping circumstance Flyover, orange bowl would have been fun but darn it this the year pit's good uh they're gonna have to maybe they could get the fiesta bowl which kind of is fun too we we did go there in 05 like i mentioned um those two bowls are kind of at large can pick whoever they want so some of the projections are pit ole miss which would be kenny pickett versus matt corral yeah two of Two of the Heisman buzz, first round pick buzz names, um, and other people have Pitt facing off against Notre Dame, which would be you know really interesting. They didn't meet in the regular season this year; they won't for a few more years. Um, so, kind of that old school rivalry renewed on the bowl scene, um, and uh, you know they could find their way to play in Ohio State, which would be scary, um, or um, you know potentially Alabama. Which yeah. I kind of I don't want to happen. It would be really neat to see, but they they would probably lose. You know, forty forty one nothing. <laughs> like yeah, I don't want. I, I don't think they can. They I don't probably think, get routed. I don't think they can, and then that might sour the whole season because it'll kind of expose them. We can kind of like sneak ourselves into saying to recruits. And to like detractors of and like friends of ours that aren't Pitt fans, um, it, you know, if we avoid like a blue blood in the bowl game and maybe like beat an Ole Miss or beat a BYU or beat a, a Baylor or something, whoever we get. Um and go and, and go twelve and two and and be ranked in the top ten. You're talking about big time recruiting and you know kind of a a a fun eight month off season. Bronson of us being able to like flex our muscles. So yeah. I kind of hope they win Saturday and, and kind of draw like a an Ole Miss, a Baylor, an Oklahoma State, a a BYU. Like I don't want them to get Ohio State or Bama. Although it would be crazy exposure, but they would probably yeah. get. Beat pretty bad, but no, Bronson. I'll let you jump in. I've kind of, I'm so excited about Pitt. I kind of, kind of went on and on, but I know you have some stuff to add to. <laughs> oh
0: No, I mean, you kind of know you took everything out of the, out of the, <laughs> the chamber. I was just gonna preview what bulky they could get if they win sa- Saturday, but you already did that. Uh, so. see,
1: I'm stealing everything, Bronson. I no,
0: that's fine. I mean, you're
1: you I guess you're under the weather, so I wanted to.
0: <laughs> no, no, you're fine. You did great. You did great, Frank. And, and uh, so yes, that's this weekend. Pitt versus Wake Forest. Um, Again, go on ESPN.com. Get out there, vote early, vote often. Uh, Kenny Pickett for the Heisman Trophy or whoever, if you want to vote for, you know, the other guys do that. Let's vote for Kenny Pickett. And um, Frank also knows that I have another favorite college. Um, And uh, I'm going to transition over just college sports in general, Frank, because since we last recorded – We've had some major shakeups in the college football world, starting with my Trojans. The rumor all year had been, who were they going to get? Was Urban Meyer going to leave the Jags and go to the Southern Cal? Would they go? Would they go? uh, Eric sleeping with BNME. Would Mike Tomlin be the dark horse candidate? um they did not go to the pros they they went to an unlikely source. They went to a team about to go to the SEC. A lot of people say he's going to USC because he's scared of the SEC, Frank. <laughs> and that is a guy who the NFL had been sniffing for the last couple of years. And that would be Lincoln Riley. Frank is the new head coach of the university of Southern California.
1: Big time. Get I texted you right away. Cause I was excited about it. They are. I'm kind of making them my B team. And I almost went to them as a free agent after that Western Michigan loss. I said, I was looking for a new team in USC. Might be it. I'm excited by the Riley hiring. He's a big time college name. Um, USC needs a reboot. They need to get back in there. So yeah, that that when that news broke, I was shocked because he had been saying, "I'm not leaving for LSU. I'm not leaving for LSU." Well, that was kind of his out because he said, "I didn't say USC." <laughs> yeah,
0: he's, uh, he did not leave for LSU. Stay. Right. hold on to that point. Yeah, because we didn't know who was going to go to the USC job. I know my buddy Shane. He made the bold prediction a uh, week and a half ago that he felt that maybe Pete Carroll would leave the Seahawks and go back to Southern Cal or that he would be let go from Seattle and the USC would open Pete Carroll back with open arms. Um, So no, Lincoln Riley goes to USC. He did say he was not going to LSU, but Frank Brian Kelly did not say he was going to LSU In an, equally as shocking, if not shocking, more shocking move. Uh, brian kelly leaves notre dame and usually notre dame you don't leave notre dame generally notre dame leaves you and uh, not this situation <laughs> brian kelly um the money he was uh, offered was uh, astronomical he uh he leaves south bend goes down to, to down to lsu uh down there and uh now frank uh should notre dame make a bowl or make anything they're, they're not gonna have brian kelly there and um Brian Kelly pretty much said the press conference he goes this is the SEC this is LSU like I can't I could not say no to this and um uh this was this was a huge one Frank uh, your thoughts on on the Brian Kelly to LSU move
1: yeah you know the coaching carousel is is always a, a fun topic in college uh you know however you like it or not um Cause you know, a lot of people hate that these coaches can just up and leave whenever they want, but the players can't. Well, now you're seeing like hundred percent
0: me. I believe I, I'm on that boat,
1: but now you're seeing the transfer portal. Players can kind of do it too. And you know, a lot of people are already saying Caleb Williams, the the freshman quarterback is just going to follow Lincoln Riley. I do believe that the sit out rule is still there. I think COVID they relax that for a year, but starting now that COVID's, yeah. they COVID's a little under control. They, um, they should if Caleb Williams wants to leave Oklahoma he he has to to sit and, out a year and
0: is it, didn't Rattler enter the transfer portal too
1: Rattler's going to be leaving as well so Oklahoma's going to have to start over so now that's a big opening and who's going to be, be mentioned for that job um, and they and you know they have two years left in the big 12 before they do make that yeah. exit so they have to figure it out sooner they're going to be well, I, as-
0: I know yeah. the one rumor this week is that that, uh, that Oklahoma uh, tried to reach out to Cliff Kingsbury.
1: Right. Yeah. And I know you teased that earlier and uh, because college kind of offensive guy. But, you know, obviously with him at nine and two and leading the NFC West, I don't see him leaving that. He's doing well in the NFL so far. He's got Kyler Murray, um, Mark Stoops, because Bob Stoops coached there so long. Um, His brother, Mark, who kind of turned around the Kentucky football program. Yep. Um, is is also a name just for the familiarity. One cool thing that's going on because he left them in in the wind, uh, Bob Stoops is going to step in and coach the bowl game, um, which is kind of cool. He's oh, gonna really? Co- yeah, he's hey. going to. Co- yeah, he he did a press conference um, saying, you know, we're going to be okay. We're going to find the successor. Um, he kind of kind of badmouthed Lincoln Riley without badmouthing him, um, yeah. but because um, that's the guy that he set up to be his replacement. Yeah. Um he was his assistant. But he he's actually going to coach the bowl game out of retirement, which is neat. Um, so he d- dusted off. He's kind of been an analyst and kind of just been doing his own thing. But um, Bob Stutz is going to be the interim coach for a bowl game. A lot of people are maybe like, maybe you'll come out of retirement and stay. But I don't think he wants to. I think he wants to help the search committee and be you know heavily involved. Um, and they're going to attract a big name from like maybe a – you know like Luke Fickle from Cincinnati he's going to get Notre Dame talk yeah. he's going to get he's going to get Oklahoma talk now cuz he was getting USC and LSU talk so it's now shifted from LSU and Oklahoma or LSU and uh USC to Oklahoma and Notre Dame so since those coaches were plucked for those two jobs it leaves a void of two other you know two big Well out. Notre Dame
0: hired they just hired the, the assistant
1: Okay I saw that was rumored so that's official Feeman uh Marcus Feeman I believe his name is yeah. that he, the D coordinator. So good for him. <laughs> Notre Dame hiring from within. Um, yeah. they're, they're giving him a shot, um, but Oklahoma is going to be the the one big one. And uh, Virginia announced today, you know, after losing the coastal to pit Bronco yeah. Mendenhall out after uh, just a, a couple years there. So what I anticipate is uh, the head coach at BYU who had a 10 win season ranked near the top 10, um, if if he gets if he moves on to a bigger job, Bronco Mendenhall might just slide right back into BYU, where he left for Virginia. So yeah. you kind of see guys go back to old stops again. Um, you've seen that happen in the past. Uh, so Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss um, is always a guy. You know, he, it didn't work in Tennessee. It didn't work at USC. Um, went back to be a Saban assistant. Got a head job at uh, Florida Atlantic. See yes, um, so you. And then turn that into Ole Miss and an SEC Power Five job again. Does he go higher? And does he? Does Oklahoma think about Lane Kiffin? Um, so there's names out there. There's guys that have taken a seat. You know, Urban Meyer was mentioned for Notre Dame, but uh, you know he squashed that pretty quick. Um, and obviously they hired the assistant. But um, no, Bronson. Uh, yeah, you actually. It, that, my final thought was going to be coaching Carousel. So you kind of you paid me back for stealing most the pit. <laughs> When when I said I I had I, I my final thought was gonna be Major League Baseball lockout, but I kind of slid that in with uh, free agency. I was like, I'll do and I, I'll do college football coaching carousel is my final thought. But that's kind of what this is now. I'm kind of going on my my opinions on it. So. Um, yeah, if you want to, I don't know if you had anything more about USC and Riley, but if no, uh,
0: I'm excited about Lincoln Riley, I, you know, for for once, I mean, since Pete Carroll left for Seattle, I mean, he knew that the sanctions were coming down too. I mean, I think the next step for him was always the NFL. To try to to try to you know he had that bad taste from his experience with the, the Jets and the Patriots but I mean I think that was always the end game for him to kind of right that wrong with the National Football League but don't get it twisted him leaving USC when he did was also to avoid the sanctions that were coming down on the guy that was going to take over mm-hmm. and that ultimately ended up falling on uh, who was that what was what um well Sarkeesian first right or no yeah. he was. Yeah, was it Sarkeesian
1: or was it Kiffin that Sarkeesian? Did? Then they had Clay Helton for a while.
0: Yeah, like Sarkeesian, like you know, um, uh, uh, Kiffin, and then Clay Helton. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was. I mean, I wish they would, I wish they would have never let Ogeron go, and I would <laughs> love have coach over there. But I, I I see it, I understand. But uh, glad that Lincoln Riley's there. Oh my gosh! I mean, I didn't think that was even a possibility.
1: Oh, I have a I just uh, to go to my final thoughts now. It's going to be brief. But um, I have one, and it's the announcement that the ACC network is coming to Comcast. Oh, and yeah. It's, it's you, something that – Frank yeah, wrote it's, that on the, uh, the pit the pit right.
0: fan, uh, Facebook page. Right. Yes. So
1: I, I, I honestly – Armstrong got it this year, which you know. Yes. And my parents live in Elwood where Bronson lives, and don't tell anybody, but um, <laughs> I was able to log in through her Armstrong and get some <laughs> – yeah, so – um, Frank was
0: stealing, was stealing cable. He's going to jail. So next um, to OJ, OJ got in trouble for that, but I could only uh-huh. do that on
1: my, I could only do that on my small smart TV. So now yeah. if I, my cable in my, on my big TV, um, in my living room having ACC network will be so nice now. And I was going to say for the basketball games as well, but they're in the tank and Capel might get fired. So that's a topic for another final.
0: You were saying, you were saying long gone to the days of, of of pitting and and getting your, your, your hopes up only even had them blown up. I was about to chime in and say, don't, don't forget Frank. We just started pit basketball. Well,
1: and I, and I said the program was back after beating Duke last year, so. Oh, yeah, <laughs> but no, true. yeah. ACC Network, congrats on finally getting the the handshake done. Um, they said within 90 days it should be added to my lineup, so that's kind of awesome.
0: There you go. Frank's at the ACC Network. I've yeah, had it since yeah. the beginning of the year. I found it by accident, and I'm happy I did, so I watched that. I watched that uh, Packer and Durham morning show once in a while, too. Yeah. They're funny, um, but no. The ACC yeah. network. If I do, if I do miss a pit game because of work or whatever, they generally during the week show the replays of the games. So then I'll eventually get to watch it. So, but
1: no, Frank. I'm happy for you. I know you mm-hmm. of all people. I've been calling really, for it. I've been I've been really ripping them on on social media. I would even like uh, mention like at Comcast and like throw shade at them and say like, why do you not have ACC network? So I'm I'm glad it's finally happened.
0: that's like kind of frank's final thought huh Mm -hmm. you don't have another one i'm
1: no it's all you now i know Bronx wants to talk some
0: racing yeah um so i I, i'm gonna go a different i'm gonna go a little i always like to do the little the little nitpicks here um so my first one frank is with the local uh well i guess the not local because it affects us locally but um it's with the um dirt racing here sprint sprint car racing frank there's two uh big governing bodies in in, uh sprint car racing well three i guess but in order i would say the number one one of course frank is the world of outlaws that's probably the one you know the most um the second one is the all-star circuit of champions which uh, about like five or six years ago was purchased by tony stewart so tony stewart runs that and then the third one's the lucas oil uh sprint car series since i've ever been known as a kid frank or if i've ever known life the world of outlaws has always gone to at least learnerville every year uh that is until this year the world of outlaws uh sprint car series as of right now as i I speak on this uh, podcast episode uh will not be uh learnerville um and nobody in the world of outlaws will comment on it nobody from learnerville has commented on it but um uh, uh apparently there may have been some hurt feelings last year I guess the L- Lernerville announced that um for their late model series the, the firecracker that's a huge event at Lernerville Frankfurt uh, late model cars now uh, they took that away from the world of outlaws and gave it to the Lucas oil series uh, and that's the number two series in late model so apparently there were some hurt feelings there there's apparently rumors that maybe um Lernerville wanted more of the streaming pie the dirt vision that's how you stream uh, dirt racing if you can't make it there they wanted a bigger uh, piece of the pie, or uh, conflicts with wh- where the where the revenue was going to go. So Lernerville will not have the World of Outlaws uh, this year, the Sprint Car Series, um, and so and it was also backed up with the fact that uh, Sharon um, Speedway got an extra date after returning there for the first time last year in seventeen seasons. So from Two years ago, when Sharon didn't have a single World of Outlaw race, they now go into next year having two, one of them being a date where Lernerville would have had. Um, So, because of that, uh, one of the biggest races of the year, Frank, is in Lernerville that the World of Outlaws usually hosts. It's called the Don Martin Memorial Silver Cup. They're still going to have that race, except now it's going to be sanctioned by the Tony Stewart All-Star Circuit of Champions. Um, It'll still be a big event, Frank. It'll still pull some fans, but... um, it's going to be sad to not see World of Outlaws racing in Lernerville. Uh, I've gone to Learnerville since I was a kid, and I uh, didn't go quite as much during the high school years, but I still always kept a, an ear to the ground in dirt racing. And uh, it's a huge hit for dirt racing fans. Um, uh, I don't know if there's some hurt egos or hurt, or, you know, some hurt feelings, but maybe if we're not going to have a race there at Learnerville, um, get some guys in a room, you know, have some cookies and milk, figure it out. Let's get Lunarville back on the schedule. Even if we can try to fix it in this year, if not next year. But um, there'll still be a good summer schedule of dirt racing, but it's depressing to not see the the spring cars of, of the World of Outlaws going kind to of Lunarville. I hope that gets fixed, Frank, if definitely not um, this upcoming year, then the year after that. Um, the second in, uh, part I wanted to mention too um, – uh Pen was put to paper, Frank, uh, this past Sunday. Uh Kovacevic, DK Pittsburgh Sports reported. The sale is final. The Penguins, uh, Mary Lemieux and Ron Burkle, Lemieux Group LP will sell uh the Penguins to Fenway Sports Group. Um there was announcement on both sides. Mario said it's not it's not the end, it's the beginning. Um we did find out during this deal that Ron Burkle also will be staying on board. Mary Lemieux and Ron Burkle will be, you know, in a smaller capacity, but they will be on board. I know Fenway sports group there, their their uh, head honchos there said that they couldn't do without those two. They want to keep them on board and, and they're hoping to grow the Pittsburgh penguins brand and, and, uh, and, and kind of, you know, be a, a factor in steering that in the right direction. Um, so now with the signed deal, pretty much though, the only hurdle you have to clear now is the, the vote of the NHL board of governors, which, which, uh, you know, the, the previous step, it was a shoo that was going to happen. So likely to happen the same case. And, uh, Uh, Not super official yet, but once that passes the board of directors, then yeah, uh, the Fenway Sports Group will officially be the owners of the Pittsburgh Penguins, and um, I'm looking forward to see where they go from there. Um, And then last but not least, um, just kind of end of the year, uh, my little wrestling talk, I don't know if you know this, but uh, I've been big on uh, Maxwell Jacob Friedman, MJF, and obviously since CM Punk's come back, he's one of the, the best guys on the microphone and in the ring. Uh, they had a great promo a couple weeks ago. This looks like to be a rivalry that's gonna take a, last a couple months, and it's gonna be a huge rivalry. Frank, two guys that are really good on the microphone. It was kind of like a like an eight mile rap battle kind of of words that they had a couple weeks ago in Dynamite, and not to mention the fact that uh, Dynamite is ticking down to its final weeks on TNT, with the NHL going to take on more games. Um, they will move to TBS for uh, for 2022 uh rampage will still be on friday nights on tnt speaking of the turner networks um obviously we're seeing hockey there but mark madden brought up a great point frank too since the launch of the espn nhl on espn other than that tampa bay pittsburgh opening season game and then i think the last game that was on espn was like end of october early november and so I'm sure the NHL feels like they're getting they're good de- they're part of the deal with them having the talk show and the commercial and coverage, but it seems to me like this ESPN on on NHL the NHL and ESPN deal is kind of more for the the streaming because mm-hmm. I thought when they came back in Frank like, we'd have a game every week on ESPN that hasn't been the case yeah
1: they're they're like, all no. on ESPN plus I've noticed that
0: yeah so kind of stinks I think for the NHL But, I mean they had they knew what they're getting into. I mean, I guess it's a pl- it's a perk to get the the sh- the streaming app, which I'm gonna eventually get. I love hockey too much to not have that. Plus, I get the especially the new Obi Wan series coming out, Star- the Star Wars series coming out. Yeah. Um, but no, Frank, just um, just a few things. Remember. At least I'm still broken down that is not gonna have the World of Outlaws this year. They'll have it twice at Sharon, so I'll still get my my fix, and I'll probably go to one of the big events uh, next year too. So. Yeah. And that's, uh, it's sad that, you know, egos get involved and, 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 and ultimately the people that lose out at the end of the fans. Right. And that's all I have, Frank. Yeah, Bronson.
1: Well, I mean, another solid episode. We always round up these, these full episodes where we cover all sports around the three hour mark. And that's where we're about at. And, um, another, another great action packed episode where we covered a wide variety of topics. Um, you know, so that that kind of wraps us up for the week. Uh, I thank Bronson for joining me here, and um, got a shout out to my wife Katie. She's always uh, she's the behind the scenes person on the podcast where she takes this uh, this Skype call that Bronson and I do, and turns it into a an MP3, and then takes out some of the airs adds our theme music, um, puts in the timestamps. So she she works hard on the show as well. So shout out to her and of course we always like to thank justin and nico um, who started next level nerd and um have their movie podcast go and check that out i last week i i linked to it in the comments i'll do that again um to, to, to get them guys some exposure and um you know look forward to next week um you know, Bronson and I will have further announcements, but we are going to try to do a live show on Facebook. Um, so we're gonna have Bronson and i have to get the makeup out and get get the hair combed. And, oh gosh. And see our see our mugs. But uh we're gonna be we're gonna try to live stream. Hopefully the pet Steelers are coming off a big win against the Ravens and there'll be excitement. Or they're you know, if they're coming off a loss and they'll be five, six and one and uh, hopefully it doesn't dampen the spirits, but, uh, yeah, hopefully if you're a friend of Bronson's or, a you know, one of the friends of mine that kind of listens in, uh, try to clear your schedule. If you're going to be home watching the game, which you know, most likely Steeler fans on a Thursday night will be, um, scroll to Facebook and, and look for our little live thing to pop up. Cause we'd love to have people live commenting, um, potential of having some, uh, special guests pop in if we figure out how to get a third or fourth person on the screen. Um and if the you know the internet can handle it and all that and if Facebook allows it. Um so that's gonna be exciting to kind of shake up the show. It's gonna be a bronte Bronson's birthday episode. So it's gonna be a Bronson cast. We'll call it a Bronson oh, cast. Because it's his birthday. So the that game ain't... gets out of
0: hand, Frank, they may not last the whole game. I might just <laughs> chime out like third quarter i was thinking
1: like halftime we could talk other sports it would be fun um you can do that um or or the broadcast might only last a half we'll have to see uh how it's going yeah. but yeah look forward to that we'll be posting you know hopefully we'll be posting this show in a couple days yeah, Frank
0: and i just, are gonna do some beta testing see if we can make it yeah. work and then
1: we'll have further announcements for sure but uh yeah that's all i got bronson um uh, if you want to do a little sign-off, and then uh, I think you said you, you were going to let me me close us out this week. Hey, so that? Hey,
0: enjoy enjoy the ACC title game. The Steelers-Ravens, uh, some it, Penguins yeah. coming up this weekend uh, at Vancouver, at Seattle. Um, enjoy the hockey, enjoy the football. Um, enjoy the basketball if you're an NBA fan, a college basketball fan. Um, get out there. Keep voting ESPN.com. Vote for Kenny Pickett for the Heisman. least get that fan vote if we can't get any of the votes let's get kenny pickett the heisman let's go
1: right yep well and uh check us out on social media as always uh the twitter handle what is it bronson
0: it is at at nln sportscast
1: and then of course we're on facebook.com slash next level nerd and then bronson and i also you know post the the show on our page so please comment join the debate um tell us tell me and bronson if you disagree with us we love the discussion um you know we love when matt clark and our other friends get involved uh and barnsey and everybody in, in the comments so so we, we we welcome that and uh you know hit the like button hit the share button we want to get us out there right, bronson i don't know if you got my email but anchor did a you know our our hosting site um, I sent it over to you. They did a nice little 2021 in review, and yeah. uh, the NLN SportsCast uh, ha- ha- has really grown leaps and bounds since our debut in 2020. You know, viewership was up like 20. percent. You know, we re- we reached that 1,000 viewer plateau. We're now over 1,200, I think. Um, so it's just it's growing. Um, we uh, you know they they showed a lot of the metrics. Uh, based on just Spotify streams so uh, we're out there on Apple podcasts and Google podcasts as well and soon to be possibly YouTube that was another thing that we're kicking around to as well archiving some of our old episodes on YouTube so a lot of stuff down the pike we're getting excited here as we get close to wrapping up season four um, we'll be we'll be entering season five probably. Uh, <laughs> I was going to cue the being the elite music. So, Oh yeah. Get it going. You can have it in the background. I'm wrapping up here. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have some NFL to cover and, and hockey and hopefully baseball getting close to spring training. We'll probably take a break after the super bowl for a while and, uh, and then get on to season five, but, uh, exciting things coming in NLN sports cast. Uh, I thank everybody for joining us here again, uh, here in season four. And we look forward to next week's, uh, hopefully getting together with you live. So, uh, for Bronson Allman, I am Frank Conti. This is the NLN Sportscast. And as we always so finely like to do at the end of our show, give a nod to the most exciting wrestler in sports entertainment. The
0: five-star bout machine,
1: baby. The one and only Kenny Pickett Omega. I'll call <laughs> Kenny, don't call me Pickett Omega. Uh, and I say to you all, his sign-off and ours... Goodbye, moi and good night bad.
2: Throw me the baseball. Now toss me the big Now feed me the rock. Now give me the rock.